<laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, this week has uh, been this week's been a real roller coaster, huh? What a ride, man! We're still here, still happy, still coming, still coming for you, asshole lawmakers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, I, I like that. See, so I, I'm the one that needs to tone back my my language that's there. Particular, well, that's specific. There's just some of them, not all of them, just some of them. Just, I mean, I mean, the good ones. I guess you call them non-asshole lawmakers are, uh, are 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 kind of a little bit guilty to you know for going along with the ones that are kind of the jerks. But whatever. We're still here, and we're still coming stronger and stronger and stronger. I think there was a lot of triumph in the last week, right? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think that's debatable, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Triumph is not the word I would use. <laughs> that's not the word I would use either. No. Kind of crunchy <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, but... we can spin it as much as we want to try and extract all of the positivity out of it that we can, and there is some in it. But oh, there's lots of triumph. Yeah, I don't think I don't mm. think it's spin is necessarily necessary. Well, well, necessarily necessary. How's that? Well, I um, mean, where we gotta admit, we gotta we gotta really figure out where we screwed it up too, where it didn't work out, what went wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a tough week on marijuana measures. Um, Got a couple ideas. I don't have no. I have no idea what happened in uh, South Dakota, but um, uh, is that actually a state? <laughs> I think it is. It's in America, right? <laughs> I think it is. I, I, I had a report that said that it's a, it's an actual state that actually was enthusiastic about the. They speak the English there. Initiative. Do they but, speak uh, English in South Dakota? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they put the ballot in a different language or something. I don't know what happened. To maybe that it was one. a that bunch was, of uh, hanging chads. Like there's some sort of you know. It it is sort of. It was the electronic voting machines, right? Something something went wrong, and there's just all the no's there turned into yeses, and they really aren't the some, same state to now vote down medical marijuana twice. Whoa, for sure. What's up with that? Hey, um, I uh, we went live. I don't know how many of you guys listened to the to the live show when it was live. Well, we we kind of have some ideas, of it, but um, but it, that was an interesting experiment. What did you think, Jamie? Um, yeah, that was a very interesting experiment. It was pretty cool. I think it went well overall. I mean, barring the fact that this one went down and then a little ways later, that one went down and the next 10 minutes, that one went down, <laughs> you know, all you mean the results, Arizona. the results. Yeah. The results sucked. were kind of not des- most desirable, but no. you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a silver lining in some of that. Maybe, uh, maybe it just wasn't the right legislation to put through. Huh. Yeah. Potentially, that's. I mean, that you know, that has that 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 has a lot to do with it in some 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 realms. But uh, yeah, I guess that's that's part of the thing. Now there there will be the, you know there indefinitely will be, or there definitely will be more measures in 2012. And how do we how do we go about participating in the process of making sure that these initiatives say what we want them to say before they get on the ballot? How, how, how should, how do you think one could go about trying to participate if they were so inclined? I think that we need to communicate um, really openly. I don't think that any other, uh, well, at least credible or, or, you know, respectable podcast is, uh, about cannabis is, is an enemy or a competition. I don't think any radio show or TV or media like video media is either. I don't think any of the organizations working in this movement are like in a, any sort of a competition. I think we're all, we're all working for the same, um, you know, results to get some same, the same type of, uh, um, results in general, but 
I don't think that we, I mean, we do communicate to some degree, but I don't think we communicate as much as we, we probably should. I think it would be very advantageous for us all to stick together. You know, I mean, together we're huge, man. There's a, there's a huge amount of people that are involved in this, in these efforts to reform our ridiculous laws. So, yeah. And so, so we, I mean, you know, we know, we know here in California that we're looking at the Jack Herrera bill in the future. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? Uh, I have not read it yet, and I, but the, my plan <laughs> is to read it. Um, and uh, I mean, I've read parts of it um, in the you know leading up to this election, but I have not read the entire thing. And um, surely it needs to be tweaked. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, right. Uh, <laughs> as far as, as from my opinion, it doesn't need to be tweaked very much at all. <laughs> no. But as far as getting some people to vote for it in a majority, I think yeah, it's going to definitely need. It's 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 pretty much the epitome of a. I would call it the lettuce initiative. Pretty much. <laughs> really. <laughs> it's, it's pretty close. It's pretty darn close. It's not. It's not a very big skip away from uh, lettuce. <laughs> really yeah well um that may not be such a bad thing because i don't think that the i don't know that the concessions we made in prop 19 to try and gain the votes of certain demographics really worked um yeah, i don't know i don't think so either i think in some instances the, uh, the concessions were made uh kind of for not i mean it didn't really make any difference where we we needed it to no and it hurt and it hurt us probably in some cases because by making those concessions and people that looked at the bill potential voters went oh wait a minute man i don't want that right I heard tons of people say come on just man. announce just it's announce. a felony if, if a if my 16 year old sees me smoking a joint it's a felony but That's it didn't insane. say it never said anywhere that it was a felony right and didn't it's actually that, say that. It said that you could be punished, but you could be criminally punished or fined for, right. you know, using. I mean, but the thing is, is policing would have been down. But right. You're right. We we, we want to make sure that the language in it is acceptable, is palatable to the people. We want more unity within the, the movement. We want people to be able to palate it and be like, you know, this is the right thing to do. Um, not have such squabble going on in, inside right. the movement. And that's what I'm getting at. So obviously, you know, these people want to move forward. There's a lot of people that want to move forward with getting either the Herrera bill on the ballot in 2012 or some other sort of initiative on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, how do we make sure that there is like, you know, open discussion amongst people that are trying to put this out there? I mean, I think that was one of the problems with, with 19 within the movement within the industry and the movement is that is that uh people felt like it was kind of done behind closed doors yeah it's kind yeah, of you know, I, I written kind of in private me too me too you mm -hmm. know um and uh even even after talking with chris conrad and it, you know I, I i was feeling that kind of then too and and i and i think that's i think that's part of the issue here is, is really people want to feel like they have some say and and participation and they want to try to make one of the big deals is they want to try to make sure that the, the giant corporations can't come in and and take it over so um right i don't know i guess it's just a i guess it's a big deal to, to figure out and we'll, we'll keep trying to figure we'll, we'll keep learning more here on the agenda and try and figure out how we can become part of this process and help you become part of this process because uh you know, one election ended and we'll be moving towards another one in two years. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more pot measures in 2012. What do you think the oh, Democrats yeah. thought about that? You think they're going to ride on the coattails of marijuana measures? <laughs> the presidential <I> election? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, we, we came out with a hell of a lot of votes. I know that much. 
Yeah. Well, the problem was, I think the pro- I think the way that this got that at least Prop 19 specifically, I think the the main thing that made that uh, not win was the older people, the older set. Yeah, you know the 65 and overs because they were just subjected. They were more subject to uh, falling prey to that same scare tactic, that fear factor. I mean, no on 19 was push, putting out pictures of overturned school buses and stuff like that. You know, and you start ramming those images through people over and over and over and over and over again. And they're thinking, oh, man, our our bus drivers are going to be ripped out of their skull and kill all of our kids and cause problems. And, you know, sure, it's it's the same. It's the same old uh, same old tactic. It, it just works less and less and less, because if you really look at this, this was record setting uh, turnout for uh, in support of legalization of marijuana. It's never been this high. Forty six percent. That's pretty good. That's uh, I was thinking it'd be closer, but we're gonna be getting, was, yeah we're gonna be getting to a lot of this today. We're gonna there's still there's a decent you know there's a grip of news on the election results um, mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, we will be discussing um, a lot of the issues that uh, went down with Prop 19 on election day. What we think the factors were that um, contributed to its defeat. Uh, we're going to be talking a little Colorado, got some election results there. There were a bunch of medical marijuana, uh, measures, local measures throughout Colorado, people voting on banning dispensaries, keeping them, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be, uh, covering some, uh, some Colorado news, your Rocky mountain high. Um, uh, what else you got? You got a research bin study today too, right? Or yeah, Sorry. well, it's, I don't know how much of a, a research study it is. It's a, I guess it is. It's done by research, research credible researchers, and it's published in the the prestigious medical journal, The Lancet. But it's uh, it's about the Brits, and it looks like it's echoing uh, safer logic. So we'll talk about that a little bit more too. Cool. Let me see what kind of stuff we got. Um, well. Uh, Michigan stuck with their attorney general elect Bill Schuett, and uh, I don't know. They're finding a little bit of hope that maybe he's gonna—he's not gonna be as bad as they want him, that they expected him to be. Um, we'll talk about the uh, the brutal beating that uh, initiated Measure 13 took in uh, South Dakota. Um, got some stuff from Colorado. They're they're pretty keyed up. Um, they're pretty happy about the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure they're not uh, ecstatic about the fact that Prop 19 didn't make it in, but they're uh, they're very uh, very much keyed into the positive energy off uh, you know the successes that that the the initiative did have. So Cogs yeah, we'll, Cogs pot stocks took a took a stomping. Jeez, did they? <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> um, another uh, another tunnel was busted from Tijuana into uh, California. Um, we'll share those stories. Apparently, there's been a lot of them. Jeez, yeah, like seventy five of them or something that they've found. That's crazy. <laughs> Whoa, giant tunnels. That was the biggest one, I think. The one we're going to talk about. Almost today. like in the story of yeah, this, the one they just found was the biggest biggest bust they've had of it. Um, but yeah, it it they, they've busted a lot of them over the years. Tunnels uh, coming in from Mexico. Um, and uh, it's kind of like the, in the show Weeds. There's that tunnel that they keep on coming into Nancy's store through. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch Weeds ever, but um, oh yeah, yeah, it's, uh, love that show. Got some uh, Measure Seventy Four was defeated in Oregon. We'll talk about that some too. Um, looks like uh, New Zealand's going to get some Sativex too, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. They did. They, they got approved. They got approved. Cool, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, we'll uh, 
we're going to look into what you said. We're going to look into Arizona a little bit too and see what's going on, what went on with Prop 203 there. Talk um, about a crazy roller coaster ride. That one was right. That was nuts. Took a bit. Yeah. Took a while to get to the get to the nitty gritty on that one, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Welcome everybody. Um, this is back to our regular format. We went live on election night. It was an experiment. We uh, already probably know some things we would have tweaked from that experiment. We are discussing going live more often. Cogs is a big fan. What you, you think? Nice. You think we could pull that off, Jamie? Would you be uh, interested in, in doing that? Potentially, I think we can do it. I think we can yep. do it. I think we could do yeah, it. We're uh, looking for some feedback. Yeah, we appreciate everyone that called in. Um, it's it's been a, a you know it was it was a really really worthy experiment. Um, you know, I I could do this thing live. Uh, I could do this thing live naked in an office chair in the middle of a heavy intersection. I could do it in the basement, all locked away. I could do it anywhere. I could record it uh, three months in advance. It doesn't matter. Just let me know what the folks want to hear, and I'll uh, be glad to be here and talk about this important stuff. Right, that's what we do, right? We try to talk about anything important and sometimes things that are just off the wall. But as long as it's yeah. related to cannabis, that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're trying to bring you... Bring you guys uh, relevant stuff and uh, sometimes light, lighthearted stuff too. <laughs> Every sure. once in a while, and um, that's what this, we're we're getting closer to episode forty now. We've been doing this for, dude. We've been working on this project since January. It's evolving, isn't Almost it? Almost a year. Almost a year. Hundred hours of broadcasting probably already. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's growing, and it's uh, all thanks to you guys. Um, we appreciate your participation out there. You can always check us out at uh, www.cannabisagenda.com. Uh, send us as many emails as you want with whatever whatever you want to say or ask or talk about. Just send them. Info at cannabisagenda.com. Of course, you can call and leave us voicemail, 707-654-CAN-2266. That's what that is. Uh, currently, if you call, it'll leave us voicemails uh, when we're because we're not recording live. When we are recording live, that's the number you call to call in and talk with us on the show live. Um, we'd love to uh, we'd love to talk to you guys. So if you want to set up a time and talk with us on air, please please send us some info or email. We'll we'll, we'll work that out. Um, Facebook, Absolutely. our Facebook page is uh, growing. We'd appreciate it if you guys would invite your friends. Um, so mm-hmm. check us out on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, what else we got? We got so one thing I want to mention. iTunes. Oh, oh yes, iTunes. That's right. Um, mm. We need reviews on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes, and then it'll automatically be available for you whenever the podcast is ready. It's the easiest way to get your podcast mm-hmm. if you're um, if you're you know new podcast listener. Um, it'll just be there for you. It'll it updates whenever we release mm-hmm. it, and then you, it's just there. So. Um, and please, if you go to iTunes, uh, please be so kind, leave us a little review let us know what you think. Definitely. uh, In that review, it'd be fantastic if you would use the word marijuana, because I think that helps us in the search, uh, criteria. So we're, we're higher up on the list. You can find us easier. It already helped us, right? Yeah. We went from significantly. How, 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 where were we? Below 50. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pages down and we're on the first page of results now. So when you, if you're in Mm -hmm. iTunes and you search marijuana, in podcasts, we used to be way buried, and now we're we're right there mm-hmm. at, the, at the in the first page of results. Um, and we've been in the first page of results for the for the keyword cannabis for a long time. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it helps if you apparently it helps if you use the word marijuana. And we are currently name putting the word marijuana in most of our episode names. <laughs> <laughs> try and try and uh, jack our you know. We just want it to be easier for us to be found. Um, Shh, don't tell though. Yeah, right. Don't tell everyone because everyone else will <laughs> be all over that. And, uh, yeah, um, rate us on iTunes. The other thing I want to mention to everybody, um, we were t- Matt and I were talking about this yesterday, and I know you probably agree with this. I think it's really cool how we do our show notes and mm-hmm. how we make everything available for you guys. If we're talking about something that you're interested in, you can probably look at our notes on the website at CannabisAgenda.com and click on those stories. You'll be able to share them easily or check what we're talking about, make sure we are accurate with it, see what what we use as references and stuff, because uh, basically mm-hmm. that's what we do is aggregate news and talk about stuff and f- try to find interesting discussion topics off of those you know news stories and stuff. So... Uh, you know, take advantage of that. See if you guys like it, if it, if it helps you at all. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, feedback, feedback, feedback. We need it. We really are trying to make this, um, make this thing work and make it about, make it, turn it into a thriving community. Um, so, uh, we could use your help in any way. So, uh, please send us those emails, give us calls. We'd love to hear from you. All right. We, Oh, one other thing we are streaming too right oh yeah we got this thing going on it's a uh, it's the same stream that we actually streamed our live show on last week but if you tune in mm-hmm. any other when we're not streaming a live show we have uh, some of our old episodes in rotation cool uh gonna get to one email this week it looks like uh it was just because it was sent a couple days ago and it was uh someone from uh from denver we got some some what are Denver's Denver people? Den- Denverites. Denverites. Nice. I don't recall <laughs> that one, or maybe I do. <laughs> we got, yeah. Um, it just he just found our our uh, pro- our podcast. He loves it. He uh, right. welcome. Yeah. He he listens to a lot of other. Um, he's tried a lot of other uh, pot podcasts, and he says that the the hosts typically sound like immature stoners. Oh yeah, I did read that. <laughs> totally That's stoned. Good. You know, can't can't even can't keep it together at all. Uh, oh. And he thinks that it's cool that we can uh, sample some strains every once in a while and handle our smoke. I appreciate wow, that. It's taken, cool. lot, I, it's taken a lot of I pot push ups. I did. I did not plant that email. I, I swear. I swear. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Uh, I think that's good. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, when I was reading that, I thought I better send these guys a note and tell them I didn't do this. I didn't send this. Yeah. And he loved the format too. And I think that we're getting that. I'm, 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 we're, we've been getting good feedback on the format. Um, mm-hmm. We've been doing. I. I. We. You know. We, when we started, man, was it ever organic? Is it ever organic? We still don't know mm. what we're doing, really. Well, but our format has kind of taken off. On its own it, thing, uh-huh. we have a definite format now. Yeah. I mean, we still tweak it some mm-hmm. to try and add and delete and find what works and what doesn't work. But you mm-hmm. know, like it's 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 flowing. It, yeah, it flows. It, it, flows. It, it is truly organic. It's the agenda, you know. It's the agenda. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see. You we, we, going to an? Oh, got some announcement. You're going to an SSDP conference this weekend, regional conference. Is that right, Jamie? Um, yeah, we are actually. Um. Yeah, and I, I went around some places in Illinois I wanted to mention too, but we have uh, Students for Sensible uh, Drug Policy. Um, we have a, a campus, actually there's several campuses or uh, several uh, chapters here in Illinois, and I've recently become affiliated with one through one of our listeners of all things, which is really cool. It's a good guy, you know, I think we're 
we become decent friends and he just called me actually just a little while ago and said the thing is on and we're headed out there next weekend it's in ohio i believe kent state is where it is is it kent university or kent state i'm not sure but anyway um yeah it's the one in ohio and we're going out there to see what's going on i'm going to take my equipment with me and get try to get some interviews uh with some folks and uh so we'll hear more about that next uh well maybe next week i think it should be on the show next week or the one after that but um also, uh, I wanted to mention, I had a great time last weekend before the votes happened. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of went on a little tour of central Illinois area, and I went to some really great places. And I just wanted to mention them that real, really quick, if that's okay with you guys. Now, are they paying you money? You can't talk about them. <laughs> well, we can hint about it. Uh, one of, anyway, we went up to, we went up to uh, Normal, Illinois, where uh, Illinois State University is. And there was a great shop. They call them novelty shops here. I think I think maybe in in some places there's similar kind of businesses that they call head shops, but they don't do that in Illinois. So anyway, they're they're really cool. They sell tapestries, all kind of stuff. But there's this this one that we went to in Normal. It's called Mother Murphy's. So if you're ever in Normal, Illinois, it's at 111 and a half North Street, and it's really cool, man. The guys there treated us just like. Uh, a million bucks. So, man, we really enjoyed our visit. And if they're listening to the show, I told them all about it, and they were really excited. They said they'd spread the word for us about the show there nice. uh, in central Illinois. So, uh, you know, thanks, guys, for treating us so well when we were there. You know what? And, uh, uh, we hope you... I, I, huh? I, I can second that. I love Mother Murphy's. And, um, yeah, I went to school there in normal Illinois. And the guy that runs that place, his name is uh, Mike. And uh-huh. he, was, he was always a friend to our, our, our normal and our SSDP chapter. He was helping yeah. us out with uh, donations, stuff that we could uh, raffle or auction off. Uh, mm-hmm. Truly a good friend to the cause. Fantastic, man. Yeah, we appreciate uh, those guys. I went to Peoria and saw this. went to this great coffee shop called uh, Copper River. Those guys were very cool and very supportive. They were interested in listening to the show, too. Shout out to them if they're listening to us. And we swung down to the capital is uh, Springfield, Illinois, their capital in Illinois here. And uh, we went to a great place similar to, to the Mother Murphy's type of format, but it's, it's called Penny Lane. So if you're ever around central Illinois, you can go to the uh, Mother Murphy's up there in Normal or if you're through the capital, learning about the uh, Abe Lincoln. That's usually everybody that visits uh, Springfield goes there because it's an Abe Lincoln base center of the world but uh you can stop by a, a cool play a cool shop called penny lane and uh let them know that we sent you out there penny lane penny lane makes me uh-huh. think of kate hudson yeah yeah what movie was that she was in some movie where she she uh, where she was uh she played a character penny lane man she's cute in that movie that girl's cute i don't know but i'm a i'm a kate hudson fan so me it's okay too. to think of kate hudson kate hudson's from california and we're getting into some california news now it looks nice like segue. yeah so so what's happening in the land of kate well in the land of kate uh, especially in Los Angeles, uh, Prop 19 failed pretty big. Um, it, uh, I mean, it, it's not a huge defeat. Like you were saying earlier, we did get 40, 46% of the vote, and definitely that can be you know, looked at as a, as a win because that's the most support uh, legalization efforts ever gotten. But uh, I was hoping for more, man. I really was. I was hoping for more. It looks like statewide. Prop 19 failed. Uh, 54% of the vote opposed it. 46%. Um, 46% supported it. Um, and uh, there's uh, bits of it that'll continue on, but that'll move into the next stage. These people were really looking for the, the Yes on 19 campaign has already been talking about 2012, and they're obviously gearing up for that. Um, 
that battle. Uh, I hope they. I hope you guys uh, figure out how to include a lot more of the people in the industry in this process. Um, I think that would mm-hmm. help with uh, trust and uh, ultimately us actually um, getting a bill that that that, that will, will be that will work and that people can support. So um, that'd be huge if you guys are listening out there. Uh, Prop 19 didn't pass in very many areas. Its biggest support was in the Bay. Uh, in San Francisco, it passed 65 to 35. That is a whooping there. So uh, in San Francisco, it passed pretty big. Um, it also uh, passed in central uh, coast counties of Monterey, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Santa Cruz, as well as uh, Alpine and Mono counties in this, um, on the state's eastern border. Uh, L.A., which um, was home to a quarter of the state's voters, uh, was against it at 53 to 47%. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's unfortunately, that's kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really weird, man, because, you know, last week when we, or the other day when we were doing the show, I was talking about how in California we, you know, did we really change the, the debate? Um, because in Colorado, for instance, it's a, it's a moral issue. It's a, it's an issue of rationality. It's not, they're not squabbling about the money as much here in California. It's really, really deeply entrenched in who, where the dollars flow, who gets the dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And you see this because even though we rejected prop 19 legalizing cannabis, we didn't reject taxing it. Uh, communities all over California just approved, uh, just voted on tax measures to uh, yeah. tax cannabis um, all over the state. Overwhelmingly, they're down to tax it, um, but they don't want to uh, legalize it. Um, so, for instance, um, Long Beach approved a 15% tax on recreational cannabis, which obviously doesn't take effect because Prop 19 did, did not pass. Um, but still, um, it, it, you know, it, it, they did pass that, uh, Rancho Cordova, uh, voted to impose tax heavy, pretty heavy taxes on cultivation. Um, and, uh, there p- potentially will be, um, lawsuits for medical, ac- uh, medical marijuana activists on that. Um, but then as far as like local taxes go, Sacramento, uh, more than 70% of the voters in Sacramento approved measure C, which, uh, gives the city council the right to levy taxes up to 4% on medical marijuana dispensaries. And it would have done 10% on rec, but obviously uh, that doesn't happen because 19 did not pass. Um, see, uh, on, um, in Rancho, how do those laws work? Do those, those are, are those, uh, just dependent on whether Prop 19 passes, right? Or, you I mean, mean if they vote in a tax law for <laughs> recreational use and it and it gets approved? Is that in in the event that Prop 19 should get passed, or yes. just in general? So, I mean, if I'm not sure how that works. So, everybody, you know, Prop 19 obviously gave local jurisdictions the right, you know, their local municipalities the right to tax it the way they want. And some of the some of these counties went ahead and took on the issue by putting things on their ballot and, and you know, mm-hmm. like Humboldt had started to talk about a process. They by no means had to go to the voters for this sort they don't have to go to the voters for this stuff, but they did. And um Probably because they knew that they this that, that would be that the support would be there to tax it. And it obviously is I mean, people want the tax do- People want the government to get the tax dollars off of it. It appears overwhelmingly so, actually. And um, but yeah, since 
Prop 19 didn't pass. Any recreational tax obviously doesn't go into effect because there is no recreation. There's no legal recreational market. So, um, but um, they uh, in uh, Rancho Cordova, a measure H imposed a 12 to 15 percent tax. Should any pot outlet stay open in the future, even though they banned them, but if any open in the future, back up in Rancho Cordova, they will be paying oh, okay. 12 to 15 percent taxes. Um, so that's like a, one of those things too. They're like, currently they're banned, but if they ever open back up, we want, you guys are going to pay a ton of taxes. So those laws will be hanging around till after 2012. Oh yeah. These, I mean, that's the thing is like, so we were talking, you know, people, a lot of people were in a uproar about the fact that local municipalities will get to tax, tax cannabis, however they want. But I mean, that's the way that. 215 is working currently, it looks like, right? I mean, they're taking it on from a local level like that. Um, let's see. Um, Oakland, uh, vote. Uh, they voted to raise the city's tax on uh, local medical dispensaries from 1.8%, which was what it was, to 5%. Um, Ber- Berkeley voters approved um, local permits, which are expensive permits for, uh, I think, four large industrial marijuana cultivation facilities, and they approved a 2.5% tax on medical pot. Um, mm. Stockton approved the 2.5% tax on medical pot. San Jose um, opted for 10% on pot businesses, medical or otherwise. So period, doesn't matter what you're doing in San Jose, 10% tax in San Jose. Um, let's see. Um, in in uh, Santa Barbara and Morro Bay, they had ballot measures that would have banned medical uh, dispensaries, and they rejected those in both of those places. So uh, dispensaries were not, um, not voted down in uh, both of those places. So obviously... Uh, people were still there for that. Um, still, still down to to have um, you know dispensaries. At least, at least a majority of people are, uh, and 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 they're down to tax them too. So, how do you feel about it? I don't. I don't. How do you feel about those tax rates? I didn't think that was too. It sure, it sure is the the opposite end of taxing something out of existence. Twelve to fifteen percent is pretty high. I mean, that's oh, what they're. Oh, yeah, that one is pretty bad. I mean, that's kind of. So what they just did in Rancho Cordova is they're like, in case we ever you know, get told that we can't ban these things and they're right. going to come back no matter what. We're going to try to make it to where they don't want to operate here. Cause and we've, we've you know, got a big stick. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to pay a lot of tax to, to operate here. You know, I mean, that that's what we've talked about. You know how I feel about taxes with, with marijuana. I feel like as soon as we legalize pot, the government is going to feel justified in overtaxing marijuana because the reasoning, their rationale is, is it's going to cost so much because look at how much alcohol and tobacco costs society. And we're going to need to make this money to, to make, you know, to make up for the amount of, of negative effect it'll have on society and stuff. The, and the trail of destruction. Yeah. And I don't buy it, you know, and I mean, that's, it, it, that's what's going to happen. You know, we're going to be overtaxed at first, no doubt about it, um, because the burden of proof is on uh, is on us and it always has been you know it's never been on the government to prove a thing that they say they can just say whatever they want they don't care if there's any fact to it or not so of course they're going to try and basically rape us with taxes at first and it's you know it's so far it's not crazy um i think i think even a 10 percent tax is is kind of I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of high, but um, you know. wasn't there a couple of them in there that were two and a half? You said, yeah, that was uh, Berkeley and Stockton, and I, I'm kind oh. of surprised that Stockton went with such a low, um, a low uh, 
uh, thing. And speaking of Berkeley, uh, so they passed uh, Measure S and Measure T. Um, and that ex- what that did is it ex- basically expanded. Uh, it allowed them to they're going to someone will be able to buy to uh, buy a permit to open a new dispensary in Berkeley, which I'm excited about. That's cool because I do make it to Berkeley right. often and I like visiting the uh, dispensaries. There, big shout out to Berkeley Patients Group. Um, I like hanging out in there and smoking with people in public, and um, it's a really good place to. Uh, to connect with uh, other cannabis users, um, but yeah, there'll be a uh, uh, there'll be a new uh, dispensary a- uh, that'll be able to open in Berkeley because of uh, these measures, um, and then they are also going to do four big, um, thirty thousand up to thirty thousand square foot grow. So now you're going to have Oakland right next door to Berkeley, with like they're going to have like eight big ass marijuana factories. How do you guys mm. feel about that? <laughs> How do you feel? Yeah, I'd like to get some input for some locals on that one. Right. Well, I mean, even just being in the, you know, I mean, do you, okay, here's here's a question that comes out of this for me. Do you think that maybe we should limit the size? Like, so you know how you're talking about lettuce, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, if it's treated like lettuce, you can grow as much lettuce as you want, right? Mm-hmm. But if we allow people to grow as much lettuce as they want, don't corporations come in and take over the lettuce trade? Big ones? Um, yeah. Yeah. The big predatory suckers. Yeah. So, probably. so obviously prop 19 on a recreational level was fairly, in my opinion, fairly limiting for the 25 square foot, you know? Yeah. Um, but then like, maybe we should for the next ballot initiative, limit the size that, that, that these companies can, can do like, you can only, you know, cultivate one acre of canopy or something like that. Do, do you guys think that would because because a big deal with the industry is, is making sure that the big, huge corporations don't come and take it over. Do you think that limiting the size, like saying in the state, like is this on a statewide level, you can't come in and have a 50, 50 acre plot. You can, you know, only do this maximum would be a good idea. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm a little bit, I'm just a little leery of the gigantic growth because of the, the potential for um, monopolizing everything, you know? Sure. That's but, why, that's why I'm saying if we but, limit the size that a company, the, you know, if we limit a, a company, uh, the amount of business a company can do by uh, limiting the amount of commercial production that they can do, um, wouldn't that potentially maybe help solve the big business problem yeah maybe i mean i think i have a little bit of i don't know yeah maybe so it's definitely worth looking into but uh i don't know do you think that this is a trend that's going to keep going what where people more places as they i mean because we know that it's not a question of if it's just it's just kind of how really now it's not even when it's just coming soon where the legalization is going to take hold more and more and more. I mean, it can only go so far. I mean, the, the, the true voters that really support it all are, are all going to uh, become the majority of voters out there because the ones that are against it are the aged people, you know? So, I mean, it's just a matter of time. And when that changes, do you think that more people are going to want, you'd think that people will use that as a model 
of what they should do in their the community. Big, the big pot factory and then only limiting yeah. their dispensaries. Yeah, I think it's become, I think it's catching oh. on. I mean, that's the thing. Okay. Is, now you scared me. In well, that case, no, I don't Well, like I mean, that, this, this is the reason that that we've we've discussed this on this show in the past is, is, is people are like, you know, Prop 19 will make it to where big business can come in and take it over. Isn't that happening with 215 right now? I mean... Aren't we seeing that? Isn't that what isn't that what's going on in Oakland? Isn't that what's about to happen in Berkeley? Speaking of Eureka itself, I mean, like up here, even they just uh, they're going to allow four dispensaries with f- each one allowing a, a really large, a fairly large um, cultivation facility. I mean, it, doesn't that sound like what the areas they're starting to do? They're starting to go. Oh well, we do want the revenue from it. We just don't want everyone to get a piece of the pie and we want it right. we want it we want it like locked away we don't want it big main centralized yeah you it's know it's a lot easier to keep tabs on too if there are only four if you know for the city of well oakland yeah definitely or, or your, even eureka for that matter yeah it's a lot easier to keep tabs on just four places than licensing dozens and dozens and dozens of you know small scale operations sure i agree yeah i, I agree so that that's the that's the government's incentive to want to to want to do it that way. That's the government's incentive for all big, for appreciating all big business, probably right. I mean, that's easier why, to regulate, easier to regulate, easier to collect taxes on, easier to to audit, all that stuff. Um, and I, I think that you know, I think that uh, me me personally, I'm a, a big fan of small business, um, and mm-hmm. um, I think that moving forward in California, that's one of the things that we got to figure out is how to keep small business people involved in this process and not just crush them. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah. it's already starting. Like that's the thing that I've been trying, you know, is it, even with two fifteen, it's already starting to happen. Um, so, yeah. um, I don't know, put that you in know, your pipe it, and smoke it, it. it. <laughs> kind of reflection of the whole, uh, business in general. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the corporations are crying, you know, about Obama, but really in the last 18 months, uh, corporate profits are up 62% overall. I mean, so I don't know what they're griping about. You know, that's the most, by the way, uh, in any 18-month period since the 1920s. Well, they're griping about yeah. Obama because his corporate price, his corporate profits are raising. People are still unemployed. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, the, the people, you know, and that's... Small business is just in, in, a, in a horrible situation here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to do some fixing before we get the 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 pot businesses rolling, yeah, we will. We got a clip. It looks like what we got. What, what, kind, what, kind of, what do we got here? This is from a, election night. It was, yeah. We actually watched this while it was airing, and uh, we we couldn't tune it in on election night. But it's CNN's, CNN's coverage of uh, Prop 19's defeat. Uh oh. Uh, where we have been following Proposition 19, which is a ballot initiative which has been defeated, which would have legalized marijuana for uh, recreational purposes. Um, Ted, explain what, what the, exactly the ballot initiative called for. Well, there's, it'll come right back. Use, and voters uh, came out and said no to it. Uh, the poll was the polling was going back and forth really over the last couple months. And then just in the last three or four days, the no on Proposition 19 uh, started to pick up steam. And then tonight we saw that in, indeed California was not ready to legalize marijuana for recreational use. We're at uh, Oaksterdam University in Oakland, which uh, is basically a school that trains people to work in the cannabis industry, the medical marijuana industry. 
industry, and there's been a party here uh, all night long. It's starting to thin out right now. You can see uh, uh, a, a lot of empty chairs. A lot of people have moved on because of the defeat. Stephen Gutwillig is part of uh, the Pro-19 group that put together this. Uh, your reaction, uh, there seemed to be a lot of momentum, but in, in the end, California was not ready to legalize marijuana. Well, we always knew that this would be an uphill battle, particularly in a midterm election cycle with a smaller, older, more conservative electorate. But even in defeat, Proposition 19 has clearly moved marijuana legalization into the mainstream of American politics. But has it, did it bring it into the mainstream and did the mainstream spit it back out and say no way? I don't think so. I think you're going to see in 2012 a very big presidential election year, a number of Prop 19s in a couple of states that are going to be determined in the next year, probably western states, and California is definitely in the mix. So it'll be back on the ballot here and in other states, at least that's the plan, uh, Anderson, but right uh, now at least uh, Californians are saying no to legalizing pot for everybody. Of course, medical marijuana is still right. legal here. Hey, we should point out the White House put out a statement saying that uh, they're happy about this, uh, about this uh, election uh, choice uh, made by the voters in California, saying that it wouldn't make Californians healthier and it wouldn't solve the budget problems. But, but Ted, was that a person with a lasagna standing next to you? or what? Oh, that was the weirdest live shot I've ever seen. No, that what, was... What, is, uh... what was that? Are there pot brownies? Uh, what is that? Uh, that was... A... Oh, that's baklava. Look at this is a marijuana-based baklava for your enjoyment. Uh, I don't know how good it looks, but uh, they're passing it out as a sort of a party favor here, a treat uh, for uh, folks here. There's been a lot of smoking as well as you might imagine, but that, that is baklava. There, there had been talk. A version uh, of it. There had been talk about a high youth turnout, especially in the area where you are, Ted. Uh, but clearly, that wasn't enough to to uh, to get this thing passed. Yeah, and that was the big strategy, or at least uh, the, the focus of the campaign. They went to universities uh, across the state, and early on today, there were stories that at the University of San Diego, they had run out of provisional ballots, and uh, the students had overrun the polling places, uh, but obviously that didn't turn out. They didn't come out in the numbers that would have been needed to get this passed. Exit polling did show a tremendous divide. Older people against Prop 19, younger people overwhelmingly for 19. Uh, Ted Rollins, appreciate it, Ted. Thanks very much. So, what went wrong? Where do you think we went wrong? Where you th what, what happened on election night? How come this thing failed, Jamie? Well, I think the, the biggest part of it was what, what he just said. The, the older people um, came out to vote, and they said resounding no um, in, in high percentages. Um, the, low, the younger people were um, probably even more so uh, united in their feeling um, toward yes, but they just didn't come out. The, the young folks didn't. They don't ever show up. They don't ever show up in midterm elections. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you learn to value over with age. It seems like you know, like a fine wine. You show up at the ballot box more often the older you get, and you, you know, like eventually I'll vote on a judge. I never even, I still can't ever prepare myself to vote on the judge issues and stuff. And I, I imagine over time I get more efficient at le learning about. Uh, the things that are on our ballots and will eventually probably fill an entire ballot. But I've, I've still yet to ever fill an entire ballot here in California. Ours are pretty large. But, um, you know, so um, it's weird. It's one of those things. The, the, it, first of all, it's a low turnout in general. Uh, for California, right. we very low turnout throughout the entire state for the entire thing. Uh, but once you start looking at the demographics, more and more people participate um, – 
as a whole in of their demographic as they age. And uh, yeah, the overwhelming support um, from people under 25, um, the, they just didn't show up at the polls. Um, and, and, you know, they did show up in the polls in, in 2008 for the presidential election, and they do show up in presidential years. Um, so uh, may, maybe there'll be better young youth uh, turnout in uh, in 2012, but we re- really got hammered um, by that, uh, the fact that the that, that young young people didn't show up. Um, so why do you think that the older people are so overwhelmingly um, against this sort of idea? Easy. Uh, Henry Anslinger. Henry Anslinger? I think that uh, their generation was, their parents were direct recipients of the whole huge propaganda campaign uh, created uh, in large part by Henry Anslinger, our first drug czar. Mm-hmm. And he said stupid things, like just really idiotic things. Like if if Frankenstein met marijuana, Frankenstein would die of fright, you know? Because it's just that evil and scary. It's, you know, all kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you put a marijuana cigarette to your lips, who knows if you'll become a, a savvy philosopher, you know, or musical artist or, or an insane maniacal killer. You know, and people are – once you put stuff like that, you know, misinformation like that into people's heads successfully where they're going, really? Oh, my God, that's horrifying. It's it's just really really hard to get that you know to reverse that, sure, and, uh, and that's why the older folks they're more susceptible to that, and, and the younger folks you know yeah and they, they were, missed that they were moment. all around through the Reagan era too when it was like a moral crusade to end oh, drug yeah. use and and we're uh, gonna end this crazy yeah, stuff we're gonna fight and fight as hard as we can and 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 you know and we're gonna it's time that America said no just say no and 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 <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna do all we can to try and stop people from getting their lives ruined by drugs and you know yeah. marijuana keeps getting clumped yep. in with yep. um uh, everything else. It's the great uh, communicator selling his whole platform about how uh, dangerous, you know, how how in in direct threat we all are because of illicit substances. So that's a tough demographic for us to change too, because we all know the older you get, the harder it is to change your ways. Wouldn't you you agree that's true in general, don't you? I do, and you know what? It's this is kind of a bitter sounding. I know that, and I apologize for it because I love my elders. I love aged people. I think they're smart, you know, and they I can talk to them because they've got a lot of experience. But the truth is, nature is nature, and you only get so old. And the reality of the whole big picture is this voting, uh, the spectrum of voters is is perpetually changing. Every year, more young people come in and more older people pass on, and it's changing naturally. And through you know the next several years, there's going to be a dramatic difference, I think. I think a lot of the people that were, were definitely pro-19 this time that were going to go that didn't will hopefully uh, be having some changes of heart by, within the next two or three years, and, and they'll be showing up for elections. Yeah, I agree. Okay, and so i got another issue to bring up here when we talk about reasons it failed. I want to point out that even though there was low overall turnout, voter turnout, even from the youth or just in general there was low turnout, guess what there was high turnout of? Tea Party voters. Oh yeah, libertarians. Uh, yes, and they're not. And okay, uh, tax. They're you know financial libertarians. This is what I want to point out about this. The tea, okay, because I have lots of libertarian friends, and I have big big bits of libertarianism within myself. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to to knock 
the this the idea here. This what I'm talking about is is a lot of these people that showed up at the polls to vote because of their Tea Party politics, which these people showed up this time. Obviously, when you look at national right. all the national elections and everything, um, they I bet they've they sided with no on 19 too. I don't think that that when you're talking about the Tea Party movement in general, you're talking about a bunch of full-on libertarians that are like, you know, Ron Paul on marijuana. They're more like right. George Bush on social issues. Yeah, social but Rand Ron Paul on on economic issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I social conservatives. Sure. Uh -huh. So I think that that Prop 19 probably took a hit from the fact that so many people showed up for Tea Party politics this time. What do you think about Maybe. that? You know, you know, there's, I just read a really uh, interesting article about the, the, the changing kind of uh, composure of the Tea Party in general. They said uh, kind of the strong religious right has been taking a big – there's a huge percentage. I mean it's about a third of them now. And it's it's driving some libertarians away that may, may maybe not have uh, very strict religious views like that. So maybe that had something to do with the vote as well. I don't know, but I don't know how I don't know how the vote goes along strict religious lines. I mean, because I've seen a lot of people that that call themselves really strong, devout Christians that say that they think it should be legal, and they think that it's wrong that you know people are getting beat up over something that's natural. Sure. So I don't really know how, in a general sense, they think, but that might have had something to do with it. I think, I mean, you know, whether or not it killed it, I'm not sure, but it, 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 I think it statistically affected it because there's another demographic that showed up that may not, that probably swung pretty heavily towards no on 19, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I would, I would imagine that that had an effect. Okay. So here's a, um, here's an interesting idea. And this is from, I got this off of a, uh, cannabis news. Um, well, one, one thing before I get to this, I want to say something too. Uh, we knew the whole time in all of the polls that we'd seen over, over the last eight months that there was a decent amount of undecided voters on this issue, always hanging in the balance. And apparently they swang heavily towards no. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And it, which is traditional of ballot measures in California from what we talked about in the past. Um, so, uh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I'm not happy about that, but because I was hoping that it'd be an issue that people could that it wouldn't follow that same sort of trend with, but it appear, <laughs> appears that it did. Okay, so this is a cannabisnews.com story, um, and uh, looks like it was taken off of Alternet. Um, and uh, this this guy uh, was writing about how he is down in um, L.A. And uh, the demographic that we thought we were going to get for Prop 19 didn't go our, go our way. And this is a familiar de demographic. It explains it as people in their 30s and 40s, starting homeowners, many with young children, progressive across the board, pro-choice, anti-war, environmentally conscious, supporters of unions and rights for undocumented immigrants, uh, against charter schools, tolerant and socially liberal, um, in theory, they even support legalization. Even some of them smoke pot, and most of them used to. But and he calls them marijuana moms and dads. And he says, mm -hmm. and from what he, from the talk that he got, these are the people that didn't support the measure as much as we thought that they would. And mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that? Um, because he was saying that he found it that these people just didn't want this seedy 
economy in their face that they can get pot if they want to and they can smoke pot after their kids go to bed but they don't want and they don't want this to they don't want every they don't want their neighborhood their neighborhood to turn into little amsterdam what do you think about right. that well i think that it it's kind of makes makes sense from a parent's perspective i mean as long as as far as i i can see i can understand what they're thinking i can understand their logic there because the point is like you said they they can get it already they already they're already cannabis users they already get it on their own they don't you know most of them don't have much problem finding it they have you know trusted friends and they're old enough now or they're you know they know somebody that's their age group that that can can get good decent quality cannabis and they smoke it in private and keep it away from their kids and they're they're worried that you know they have that ability to to kind of censor that away from their their children and they're they're afraid that they would give that up if it became more mainstream so i don't know sure I, on that on on that account the, the logic seems you know well i, I think know, it's, it's it, so you know the moms the the moms group that came out the end came out kind of late and their message <laughs> wasn't brought they didn't push this message as much as they could and then they tried really hard in the last weeks the yes campaign did to push the right. well it'll be actually be if we regulate it it'll be harder for kids to get weed what there were the, the, you know some of these parents apparently are worried about more smoking in public et cetera, et cetera, yeah. the availability and their kids being able to get their hands on it easier yeah you know, i really think that their fears are kind of uh I don't know, unwarranted. I don't think that it would have materialized in the way that they were they were afraid of. Well, we already know that it's easier to get pot for teenagers than it is to get to get alcohol, and that's because yeah. it's not regulated. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's across the board throughout the country. So, um, yeah. that's not just California; that's everywhere, and that has to have something to do with the fact that it's illegal, uh, and that you know people right. selling drugs don't don't ask for ID. Um, so. Anyway, what this is getting at is this is a group of people that we can affect, that we can reason with come 2012 or any future election. We have to figure out how to to reach this demographic better and uh, to to really get a rational discussion out of this. And he was saying that we need to figure out how to address their apprehensions while appealing Mm -hmm. to their libertarian attitudes and progressive politics. Um, And it's a big it is a big demographic, actually, that does vote um, 30 and 40 year old young parents and Mm -hmm. um, uh, especially progressives. Um, So um, we need to figure that out because that is that is a a loss for us. And we were we were counting on their support, weren't we? Mm -hmm. In large part. Yeah, we were (laughs) expected it, I guess, in large part. And we we did. We kind of. Kind of uh, thought we would have it just based off of rationale, but uh, didn't didn't go there. So okay, I think so if the moms would have came out. The yes on nineteen moms that you were talking about. I think if they would have came out earlier, then it would it possibly could have made a bigger difference. Well, earlier, and didn't they need more of an effort to spread their message too? I mean, here now I'm gonna get this leads in perf- perfectly into this. Uh, mm-hmm. We raised four point two proponents of Prop nineteen raised four point two million dollars, um, mm-hmm. and almost a third of that came in the last two weeks. So right. uh, Richard Lee hoped that he was going to be able to make to put uh, to raise twenty million dollars for this campaign. That would have been five times the amount of money that was spent on it. Don't you think that would have had a significant effect to at, at getting the dis- at making the discussion more prevalent? 
I think so. I think they could have pointed out some key figures, some key facts, and they could have uh, argued about the ridiculousness of the overturned school buses and all that scare tactic stuff. I mean, you look at these big, okay, so you look at these big, big issues, right? You look at like, okay, so apparently in the exit, exit polling, only one out of 11 voters showed up primarily because of Prop 19. You mm-hmm. compare that to uh, governor, right? Half voters, half of them showed up primarily to vote on governor. Because they were scared of Meg Whitman. A third, well, it's always like this with governor. Um, a third of it's they're they're scared of Meg Whitman, or they were scared of Jerry Brown. I mean, it, you know, it's a poll. It's 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 one of these things where we try. We basically have, have convinced society that it matters so much whether a donkey or an elephant is in charge of of the you know um, um, executive branch of your state or federal government, and people get so entrenched in these politics and think it's such a big deal. And really, it just ends up being a bunch of mud slinging, and things just stick right. with the status quo. Once someone gets in there from either party, anyway, and they right. change they a both few have dinner in the same restaurants, so. totally. And I mean, they're both part of the same <laughs> fraternities and stuff. And it's like, and, it's like uh, what's that World Wrestling Federation? <laughs> they come out and go, "You're you're you're a jerk, and I'm going to kick your butt," you know. And then they, after the show, they they get their shower and go have a you know expensive shot of steroids together. together. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And a third of voters showed up for Senate primarily to vote for vote on senators. Don't I mean, okay. so here's what I'm getting at. This issue, Prop 19, marijuana legalization, these issues regarding drug law reform are very, very, very important to society. Yet we did not turn it into a lightning rod. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of that has to do with the fact that we didn't play big time politics with this. Meg Whitman spent $160 million of her own money. Jerry Brown spent, I don't know, I think they spent, I mean, I think the campaign, the governor race altogether cost over $300 million. So obviously half the vote, you spend a lot of money and a lot of, and the people get involved in it and it gets I mean, they start debating nitpicky personality stuff. And, and, and mm-hmm. somehow, I think, us getting more money for this would have helped. And we need to have a bigger bankroll moving forward when it comes down to this. Because there has to be something to spark that debate. Like, for instance, when you're talking about the marijuana moms, well, this was a demographic we lost with, these, you know, these 30 to 40-year-old young parents. And we needed that. And if we could have spread that message earlier, had the money to to make to get those ads in those prime spots where those people are watching, you know, Oprah Mm -hmm. during an Oprah show or whatever, or during a baseball game or a basketball game or or wherever and had gotten out there to get our point across, um, I think it would have I think it would have helped more. Um, I mean, we have to, you know, as much as I don't like the way that that elections work. Um, and how they cost so much money, we kind of have to play that game to 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 really have a competitive to, to be able. Otherwise, we're giving up a competitive advantage, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think you're on the right track. Um, how we get that organized to actually pull it off is a whole different story, though. It is. It is a whole different story. There's lots Therein of therein lies the big twenty five thousand dollar question. Wait, right. Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. We have a lot of people in this industry that have money, some money. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, how many of them are donating it to this cause? Uh, 
Yeah. You know, no, that it, total, that included uh, George Soros's million bucks. It included there, George it? Soros's million dollars and Richard Lee's $1.5 million. So that's mm-hmm. two and a half of the $4.2 million that came from two people. Um, wow. I think we have to do better than that. And, oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, when we're... When we're, if uh, you know, if, if, we're, if we're moving in that direction where all you're doing is taking money from philanthropists, then uh, we're going to have to really, really change some things. And that did that did have a bit of, uh, you know, a lot of people in the industry didn't like the fact that these are the people supporting supporting Prop right. 19. And uh, I understand, um, but no one else is giving them money to do this. So uh, I, this is the this is the conundrum we're in: is mm-hmm. the money? We know the money's there. But how do how do we unify and use it together for a cause, and and make this thing happen? And I, I think that, that that was a big issue with uh, with Prop nineteen. Um, the lack mm-hmm. of funds probably uh, probably hurt us. So that's my <laughs> my spin. Hey, Jimmy Kimmel. We haven't listened to this guy on pot stuff in a bit. So you gonna? We have a Kimmel clip. I got a Kimmel clip. One of the most talked about propositions tomorrow is Prop 19, which would legalize marijuana for recreational use here in California. For, for a while, they like it. it looked like Prop 19 was going to pass, but a new poll says that among likely voters, it's now trailing by seven points. The key words are being likely voters. Um, what with all the leftover Halloween candy to eat, this is a bad week to try to get stoners to leave the house. So. You know, if they put, like, a new Call of Duty game in the voting booth, this thing would pass no problem. Personally, I think the main problem with the pro-legalization effort is their message hasn't been clear. I mean, what is the goal? Is the goal to collect tax money? Is it to cut off uh, funds to the drug cartels? Are we saying that marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol? Their message, even the message in their ads, isn't entirely clear. The war on marijuana has failed. By taxing and controlling cannabis, we'll generate billions of dollars for our local communities. Cut down on violent crime and put violent cartels out of... (laughs) Whoa. Double rainbow! Whoa! I'm George W. Bush, and I approve this message. Oh, well, so that's what he's been... (laughs) <laughs> there we are. Double rainbow. There's our stereotype getting played to the max. Good job, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh man. <laughs> was our message clear? Did we have a concise argument where we try I mean what was what was this about? Was it about collecting taxes? Was it about I think we you know another aspect to it, I, I think that we might have scared some people away um because of the infighting that they witnessed within the can pro cannabis community. Right. I think I think the people that were not involved that are not in the inside of this this whole culture, I think that they, you know, the, the primary voters were really looking for, I think that they might have been put off to some degree by seeing that. They're like, "Well, look, man, I don't know that this is all that great cuz if it's a if it's a, a quote unquote stoner vote, you know, who are they going to look to for guidance? Probably the stoners, because they they know more about this topic than anybody else. And if they can't even agree on what's going on, maybe this isn't the right piece of legislation, right? Or well, you know, the right initiative. Well, I mean, I think that just in the stoner demographic, it probably passed fairly significantly in California. If you weren't too stoned to make it to the polls, 
But within right. the industry, within the industry is where it really came. And there was a lot, you know, and, and that's where it became, it did, be, it was visible. Uh, it was out, it was in the papers. It was out in public. People saw it. Um, and yeah, I, I bet you're right, Jamie. That's a very good point. Um, I mean, I know, I know if, if, if I was an outsider looking in, that's probably how I would feel to some degree. So, <laughs> so moving forward, hopefully we can figure out how to create unity and uh, get, um, actually people actually involved in this process and not just move forward towards 2012 all behind closed doors that doesn't create the type of trust that people in this i mean we, we have you know this is a semi-illegal legal slash illegal industry industry and there is a lot of paranoia involved in it to begin with so um if you want the support of the industry you're going to have to figure out how to how to move forward where they feel involved and part of the process Right. And I think, uh, I think we're going to seg into something about Mark Emmer. You're going to give us an update. You want to hear what he had to say about this before 19 happened? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is a quote. And I start, I quote, he said, I hope people in our movement did not buy into the propaganda put out by the treasonous miscreants. I call traitors against proposition 19. Emery wrote in his latest entry from SeaTac prison, the self-serving prohibition profiteers who have been telling people to vote no are disgraceful for trying to defeat what will be the greatest single opportunity for progress in our movement ever. I hope there are more people out there saying vote yes on Prop 19 so we can see victory. California becoming the first state to legalize cannabis anywhere on earth. So Sorry, Mark. We let you down, buddy. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. you know, so here's the deal. I, I was talking to someone about this recently. Um, there are people in the industry that had legitimate concerns and were buying into the the arguments against 19 from an industry standpoint and and, and are, are you know truly thoughtful in what they were trying to do I, although i think semi misguided they were thoughtful in the process but then there are people that were spreading that propaganda and you could see the little twinkle in their eyes you know like uh-huh. ha 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 yeah this this better stay illegal because i like the way my life works and i want you know and it did exist it definitely did exist and it was sad and uh sorry to let you down mark um you've been a, a true uh true freedom fighter for marijuana for a long time you've put your you put your life on the line for this um really prince so- of pot yeah the prince of pot really sorry about your guys's loss um with your friend that just died recently that's uh that's a big bummer uh, mark was just recently moved to a new uh, facility i want to read his uh facebook status update to everyone uh it, it was Mark is extremely lonely and depressed in the Nevada Southern Detention Center, waiting to be moved to Taft FCI in California. No word on when it will happen. No books, magazines, mail, visits, commissary. It's mental torture being stuck here, not wanting to eat anymore, not wanting to do anything. Desperately need to hear from the outside world. Please send letters. Uh, guys, he's, he's having a hard time right now. Um, send him letters. Uh, you can send them, you can submit them at uh, www.cannabisculture.com slash send Mark mail. Um, he'd really love to hear from you. He's a true freedom fighter. He's uh, done a lot for this movement and, um, really, really bummed to, uh, to read that status from him. I hope he, I hope that, uh, he's going to make it through this, um, this I'm going to send him a letter. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to do it too. So, no commissary? How come? Is it because he's in a, like a transfer thing? I guess. And I guess that they can leave you in purgatory for quite a while. Yeah, I think they do that on purpose. Right, right. Especially when you're awesome. a political prisoner, you know. So yeah. so speaking of political prisoners and 
people that fight wars against <laughs> politics. I uh, got some news from the feds and some national spotlight stories, it looks like, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of victories that got overlooked and uh, that still lie ahead. Actually, this is from Mark's magazine, uh, Cannabis Culture. Um, I, I found it. He actually he got it from uh, Rob Campia in MPP, but we use a lot of their stuff, so I thought I'd give this one, uh, get this one from Cannabis Culture, kind of direct some listeners over there. Um, anyway, he said, in, in the aftermath of uh, at least three defeated statewide me- ballot measures, so that was before the Arizona vote was uh, confirmed as failed as well. So now there's four of them. He said, people aren't following the issue that closely. Might be inclined to think that the pendulum swinging against marijuana policy reform, and they would be wrong. Uh, in fact, this, uh, this vote was 46% in favor of Prop 19, which is really pretty good. I mean, it's the, the, it's the record uh, support in any kind of a ballot measure, statewide ballot measure um, up to date. Um, I think 2006, the Nevada vote was uh, 44%. And that's uh, up until that point, that's the biggest we've had so far. So we did make a market a significant, you know, noticeable gain uh, on the upward trend. So that's, that's reassuring. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people will be able to take any solace in that, <laughs> you know, this close to the, the election date. But, you know, as, as the pain kind of eases off of some people that were really hoping for Prop 19, maybe they'll, they'll see the positive side of that one. Um, and, and also, there, there's a lot of big victories in the fact that Prop 19 got in the mainstream uh, debate. Throughout this, uh, we, got a, we brought a lot of very important and influential people in, in organizations into our movement, like labor unions. That's huge. They're not going to go away. Black and Latino police associations, those are national police associations. They're not going to go anywhere because the situation that they were standing up against is not going to change anytime soon. Um, the NAACP is a huge organization. They were, they were behind it. You know? So, I mean, we, we formed a lot of really powerful allies in this. So that's, that's a positive thing as well. I mean, I think we should... Uh, you know, take note of that. Um, also, you remember we reported, I believe it might have been last show, if not the show before, but it, well, there, was two, there were two very uh, big uh, pro-cannabis people uh, running. One was Vermont, um, Peter Schumlin, and also in Connecticut, Dan Malloy. And both of them won. So that's good. I mean, they're, uh, you know, despite they're both Democrats, too. So despite running as a Democrat in a year when the voters overwhelmingly were favoring the, the red side, um, they're, they made it in there. So that's a positive thing for people. I mean, there's, there's other things like that, that didn't get mentioned even uh, in the, the tone of the election, which uh, one of them would be right here in Illinois. The governor um, really surprised me. I thought that uh, Brady was going to be our governor. But um, it didn't work out that way. And just by, I mean, a very, very, very tiny margin, um, Governor Quinn is back in. Pat Quinn is our governor again. And so there's now, no squabble of that? That's the, those are the official no, results? There's no lawsuits, anything? Yeah, he, uh, he finally conceded uh, or seceded, whatever you call that. And he, he didn't want to do it. Brady didn't want to do that at first because, you know, he's, been, he's notorious for winning just by a hair. So he thought maybe this might be one of those instances. And there's a lot of ballots still out there. But they've got, uh, they've got enough of them in now where it's, it's, it's a definite thing. They've, they've uh He's he's given up. He made a speech and 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 uh, I don't think he congratulated <laughs> Pat Quinn, but but uh, maybe he did. And I didn't I didn't hear about that. But anyway, the 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 importance of that 
to uh, cannabis uh, policy reform uh, people is that we have pending SB 1381 in Illinois, and it's already been cleared for a floor vote. So if we can get this approved in the floor, then it, it, all that's left is to be signed by the governor. Now, Brady said absolutely not. So that was a big threat. I thought for sure he was going to get in. All the polls said he would. In, in fact, the entire state of Illinois, if you look on an election map, is red. <laughs> and Cook County, where Chicago is, is blue. And that's almost it. There's a couple of very small counties on the on the southern tip. But other than that, the whole thing is red. So he won just through Chicago and Cook County. But uh, but the fact that he's in there, you know, he's made statements that said he is definitely open to hearing and listening to any of these uh, measures that people might want to vote in. So hopefully did, that's uh, Did the landscape uh, in general in your state legislature and stuff in Illinois change? Is it, did it um, move? Um, it one did way? to some degree. Um, we, we have the Senate. Um, I believe the, the House took a little bit of a beating. But, you know, I, there's, a, there's a person here. Called uh, his name's Michael Madigan. He's the Speaker of the House, and uh, he's they they call him the gatekeeper. He's been he's one of those career politicians. He's been here for over two decades, well over two to shoot three decades plus. And uh, things just everybody knows in Illinois, things just don't get through unless he decides it's going to get through. So you know he's the one that gave uh, Lou Lang, the sponsor of our medical, our pending medical legislation here, the the go ahead for a floor vote, and said he can you know he'll let him push it through. Um, so I don't know. All things are voting uh, hopeful, very realistically hopeful. I think for Illinois, that's good news. That's good. positive. It's positive. Yeah, potentially positive. We'll see. It's been yeah. a it's been a been a been a fight there, huh? Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a huge fight, you know, and that's what it is. That's what all this is. It's uh, resilience is the key, you know. If you're new to these discussions, you're new to this movement, you're new to these uh, efforts that we're, you know, putting our energy into. You got you, You'll you'll soon come to understand whether you listen to anybody tell you or not that <laughs> resilience certainly is the key. I mean, certainly be, is. that might be a good title for the show: marijuana law reform. It's like strength training for the mind. Pot, do push-ups for pot. <laughs> it is. It is for sure. So Chunk Norris so, told me. Chunk Norris told me. Uh, what, you remember he was on the other night when he called in. He told uh-huh. me he, was, he told us he was doing push-ups for pot. He didn't explain what he was doing. Actually, he was. Uh, uh-huh. He was actually trimming herb. And any time he would make a bad cut or drop drop herb on the ground or mm-hmm. or like ch- you know like hack a butt up or something, he would do ten push-ups. And he said it was really great for a while, but then he started having to write himself IOUs because like <laughs> trimming and and and, and uh, doing push-ups at the same time was kind of rough on him. So that's what he was referring to by push-ups for pot. He should have shared it with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. This movement takes resilience. You want to know who else has has resilience? These cartels from Mexico have resilience. Lots oh, of yeah. resilience. They build we tunnels see. into our country to bring in pot because it's so profitable because it's a illegal industry so how many tunnels dude (laughs) listen to this take a listen to this well they were staking out this warehouse i'm in one of these industrial warehouses all they're all along the border here in the otay mesa section of san diego tijuana mexico is just across the border trucks go back and forth all the time so they saw suspicious activity they were staking out this warehouse on tuesday they got a tip that uh there were gonna there were drugs in here and so they 
came to this uh, warehouse after arresting two suspects uh, north of here carrying uh, 10 tons of marijuana in their truck. There were 20 tons of marijuana in this warehouse. And you're not going to believe how it got here. It's unbelievable. This is a closet. Next to it is a closet that's had its door taken off. And down at the bottom, you can see where drug smugglers have cut a hole through the cement floor of this warehouse. This wow. is how they moved all this marijuana across the border. Now, we're going to put on our helmet here and climb down in and give you a tour. Uh, it's a really tricky uh uh, effort to get down in here. It's a small hole, as you'll see, once we get a little bit closer. Climb down in here, and I'm not a very big guy, but it's a real tight squeeze to get through here. You can see that they've got tarps along the floor here to soak up some of the water that was still uh, in this tunnel to try to protect uh, their loads of marijuana uh, from the moisture. We also found out something interesting from authorities, and they say that this tunnel was actually in operation for only about a month. And one of the ways that they can tell that is you see the walls of this tunnel, which have been very, very crudely cut out, dug out. Um, they're still damp. There's still some areas of clay that are still damp. And they say that these tunnels dry out uh, relatively quickly. So based on their experience, they think this tunnel has only been operating for about a month. Um, the head of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, John Morton, we spoke with him earlier today, and he talked about the significance of this particular tunnel discovery. I don't pretend that this particular seizure is going to uh, end the problem of tunnels, but that our 75th tunnel uh, ends up in a seizure of 30 tons of marijuana again, a very bad day from the car cartel's perspective, um, is a sign that our efforts are working. Now, what you're seeing is the other end of the tunnel. Uh, an agent with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Bob, is there uh, sort of protecting us from uh, any uh, air quality problems we might have or any threats from the other side of the border, which is still open. On that side, that picture we were just showing you, a couple hundred yards down there, there were rail systems and lighting and ventilation to help move the cargo into the United States. But on this side of the tunnel, it's very, very crude. There's none of that infrastructure. So you can imagine that these drugs smugglers had to actually physically pull these bales of marijuana through this narrow opening and back into the warehouse, which is where we're going back now. That they, uh, as I mentioned earlier, did arrest two suspects, and they're continuing their investigation. They're fingerprinting this warehouse as we speak. Authorities <sighs> say they're going to be looking at the owners of this warehouse and trying to figure out what's going on over in Mexico, what's happening here, and who's responsible for this major, major drug bust. Brooke? Casey, that is truly amazing on so many levels. The fact that, you know, they found this tunnel, the fact that it's so fresh. You mentioned a month. You showed the, the wet uh, clay walls. Uh, the fact that these drug cartels obviously having a bad day, seeing you on TV, are knowing that this tunnel was found. Let me talk to you about this marijuana. Um, you know, what's unusual about this bust, not only obviously how intricate and how sophisticated the tunnel is, if I want to use that word, how much they had down there, but also how much marijuana was seized what else is law enforcement telling you here? It's a huge day for them. Well, that, that is very un unusual. They've found 75 tunnels underneath the U.S.-Mexico border over the last four years. What's unusual about this bus, not only the amount of marijuana, which is the largest amount of marijuana ever seized in connection with a drug smuggling tunnel, it's the second largest amount of marijuana ever seized in the United States, period. What's unusual is that they found this tunnel was actually active. Many of the tunnels that they've found in the past are either in the process of being constructed 
neglected or perhaps abandoned. Some of them are not even sure if they're drug tunnels because they're storm drains running across this border. This one was hot, and it's unusual for both its size and the fact that it was currently operating it, and they busted it in progress, Brooke. Excellent reporting. Casey Wyan for us inside a tunnel there on San Diego area. Casey, thank you. Wow. 75. In the last four years, they've found 75 tunnels. Wow. Those are pretty big <laughs> tunnels, too, aren't they? They're. I don't know. I mean, yep. Mexico and America is right next door to each other. You guys should go to the website and follow uh, the link to the video, and you can see the tunnel oh, yourself. You oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's not that big. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. So for anybody that doesn't know how to do the math, it's, what, 2,000 pounds per, per ton? Mm-hmm. So it's 60,000 pounds of swag. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez, I, I, I wonder if they're at least growing Cincemilia over there nowadays. I mean, I don't know. I sure hope so. I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to get to it. That that that's a perfect segue here. Topics worth barely. Even. Who smokes swag? Any of you guys listening to us have to smoke swag? I really hope you don't. I mean, I do every once in a while. It, it happens, but you know, like I hope that. When was the last time? For me, mm-hmm. it depends on your definition of swag now, I guess. If you're talking talking seeds, period. No. No. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. No, like just Christmas. Brown weed or like... Christmas. Compact, you know, weed that you have to break apart and, you yeah. know... Yeah. Yeah. Christmas, swag. Christmas time. It was at Christmas. I smoked some swag. Yep. So, uh, Jamie, there's jobs down there on the border for you if you want to go uh, help uh, build tunnels and smuggle uh, bales of um, of uh, uh, crappy Mexi brickweed into the country. Just, just, just so you know, when you after you're done with your degree, it's there for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I won't think I'll be holding my breath for one of them positions. <laughs> you gonna skip on that? <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna take a pass. I'm gonna <laughs> take, take a, a rain pass. check thus far. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, you, keep, you, I'll keep you in you, the loop. <laughs> can you get an extra income from that if you have a master's degree? <laughs> <laughs> Advanced tunnel digging. Let's see. <laughs> Dope smuggling. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe I should take some extra Zanjero classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Let's all see. right. That was yeah. that was a good one. Nice find, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. How much? Uh, how many tons did they say they found? Uh, it was uh, two thousand. Uh, no, oh my god, thirty tons. Thirty two thousand yeah, pounds per ton. Mm-hmm. Sixty thousand pounds. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of low quality crap weed, isn't it? Second second largest bust ever in U.S. history. That's what the guy said. Yep. Wow. So, see, so that's there's a lot of work down there for you, Jamie. <laughs> At least he was smart enough to say. I have no illusions to, to, you know, thinking that this is going to slow down the whole trade. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's you know a, because it. like a quarter mile down from when he was uh, recording that, there was probably some Mexican guys in a tunnel going, shh, be quiet. Yeah. Oh, do you hear those guys? <laughs> They're in the tunnel. Hey, man, I'm trying to be quiet. It's heavy, man. Push. Pushing. How many tons is on here? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a better track next time. They carried those pounds across the. That's sixty thousand from some dude. Some, oh, they did. Yeah, wow, they were industrious. Maybe that's why they got busted. I don't know how they they came across it, but don't they have some kind of a like thermal sensor and a bunch of other different satellite stuff they use on the borders for just for tunnels? I don't know. I mean, if if you could tunnel in sixty thousand pounds of marijuana, how many people can well, you tunnel in? Working that well, <laughs> you tunnel people in, right? I mean, geez, dude, like. 
Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's intense. That's intense. Yeah. First time it's busted in the act. That's pretty crazy. 75 in four oh. years. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> prohibition's causing some problems, people. It is. It is. Fortunately, there's people out there, good people out there that are willing to, you know, put their best foot forward and try to help it, you know. Yeah. Our, uh, our very... Uh, much respected Jay Selthoffner. We're uh, probably try to, I'll, I'll give him a call later in the week and see if it's not too close. I know he put his heart and soul into this election, you know, and as you, as you, if you haven't heard, um, he did not make the, he did not make it in there. Um, he took a little bit of a beating from the Republican incumbent that's in there for whatever reasons. We'll let him uh, probably uh, explain what he thinks happened. Can I give us a better take on that? But even, even when, uh, you know, it's bittersweet like that, I, and I'm sure Jay knows this himself. Um, that's a huge success for somebody to have the courage and the, the, um, the substance to step out like he did and take the helm and, uh, you know, push forward on, on that. He, he got a lot of people's attention. You know, and a lot of a lot of positive information got on there. So that's a that's a plus. It's a plus. Additionally, out east, uh, we reported on these uh, Massachusetts. They're they're the non-binding things. They they put them out there as a vote, but it's non-binding in order to get some kind of a an idea of how the people will vote or an actual vote. You know, I guess that what they what they really want to do, and maybe I don't know if they can do this in California. That might have been a good idea for Prop 19, uh, in retrospect, but. Uh, they they put these stuff out there so it lets them know should we should we mount a full scale you know statewide uh, actual vote or, or what what should we do they're testing the waters well there was 18 of these advisory questions on Tuesday's ballot and uh 18 out of 18 there was a resounding yes so that's a good sign for uh for Massachusetts for sure Massachusetts mass can yes we can with mass can so that's a big thing. That's a big. That's a pretty cool. Uh, that's a pretty cool uh, kind of progressive state of events there. That uh, you know those people came out to vote for this. You know the advisory questions. So maybe they. It's uh, reasonable to expect that they could come out and vote for an actual vote, and that looks like a good thing. I know that Massachusetts has always been uh, always had uh, a really good uh, population of of reform activists, activists, and um, you know cannabis active uh, advocates there. So. Look for some positive things out of the out of Massachusetts in the future. Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Let's see what we got here. We got uh, oh, you got some 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 Timmy Linscombe, uh, uh stories. Some some cannabis and sports stuff coming on now. Timmy Linscombe, Timmy Tim Lincecum got the, and I guess it, I guess they call it Lincecum because I just watched mm-hmm. a video with him and one of his lifelong friends, and she kept calling him Lincecum. So yeah, that's how they say it, Lincecum. Mm-hmm. I just call him. I just call him Timmy. Timmy, you know? yeah, and, and, and say let him smoke. But <laughs> yeah, but the title here. I mean, I wrote. Can, now can Timmy smoke? No, unfortunately, the rules and laws and stigmas and all those things still exist. So um, I guess he can smoke in private. But yeah, he. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, I don't know how this could have escaped anybody. But the World Series, uh, Tim Lincecum, in case you're you've been in a cave for a while or something, is the uh, the picture their their uh, lead pick their what their would you ace. call it first string their, their ace. ace yeah he's their a their a pitcher uh, on uh, the New York or the San Francisco Giants and they won he took them to victory um, he had a heck of a good series he had a heck of a good run up to the series and. Uh, 
He Best pitching staff ever assembled. He did do it, and he's he apparently it. smoked pot a few times in his past. And I understand throughout this uh, this World Series, the the most popular selling T shirt in, in a hugely uh, popular tourist attraction, uh, you know, San Francisco in general, the most popular selling T shirt by far was "Let Timmy Let Timmy Smoke." That's right. That's right. It yeah. was. It, it's a funny one. I need to. I've been trying to get one of these shirts for a while here. I need to find one. eBay. eBay. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, we got a clip of him responding to his marijuana uh, uh, bust and the the, the t shirts. So. You know, I heard this clip already, and and it's it notice in here that he doesn't say it's really bad for you. It's horrible. He just says in a stock way it's you learn how you how many people you can hurt by you know getting in trouble in that type of a professional position so it's interesting let's uh, check it out when you were charged with possession of marijuana what did you learn from that man uh you know just going through that you just learn to really value the things that you have um you know and how quickly they can be taken away and how scary they can be and how much and how many people they can you know you really can uh how many really people you can really hurt uh you know see how many people it touches uh, how many people are involved how many uh people are embraced by myself i guess you can say and invested in me so uh you know it's a, it's a reputation that i'm gonna have to hold up a little bit or it's gonna hold, stick with me a little bit but um hopefully it's not the only thing there's the fear the beards there's the panda hats and there's the let timmy smoke shirts What's your reaction to those shirts? Uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is. They're gonna, people are going to know what, what they are. And you know, we got a pretty uh, pretty open city here in San Francisco. So I think that allows it, you know, that free nature. So, uh, you know, it's all good fun. Right. It's all in good fun. You know, it is right what it after, is. Right after they won the World Series, uh, ESPN got a hold of uh, Timmy and did a little interview, and they said, well, uh, Tim, now that you've, you've won, how do you think your fans, uh, what do you think's going on in San, in San Francisco right now? And he said, oh, man, I imagine there's a lot of beer flowing, smoke in the air, I'm hoping. He said, I'm hoping, huh? Yeah, he did, too. He very much did say that. He said, oh, maybe we'll have one of our first ad, our first uh, sports advocates someday. The movement could use that, I think. Some right. professional so athlete. Is, like, you know, he's in a – I, I hope our listeners, will, uh, anybody that's tuned into this, you know, whole thing with Timmy Lincecum, uh, they will realize that – He's in a, in a in a very unique place where you're talking about millions of bucks and some big major uh, big money players that are involved and invested in him, and so you know it's just kind of the politics of that type of high level professional uh, you know visibility and how you have to act. But if you if you're if you take that into consideration when looking at how he reacts and how he behaves. He's very, he's obviously pro cannabis. He's just trying to temper himself so he doesn't, you know, like he said, hurt the investing people. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't want to, I mean, he doesn't want to lose his job. Uh, right. He's got a lot of people depending on him now, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. uh, feeds, puts ta- food on the table for a lot of people. So, um, yeah. and he is a super awesome pitcher, man. I mm-hmm. mean, so special. I, I'm, I've never seen a, a staff like this. This is this is just the classic pitching staff. They're going to be competitive for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm stoked. We won the World you know, Series. I, I've been following yeah. this for a while, but I've never really heard him like in a live video until I was looking at these videos before the show. And how old is that guy? He seems like a really young guy. 26. Oh, really? Man, uh-huh. he's got the bull by the tail, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's, he's doing good. He's doing good. He's definitely doing good. You know what's not doing good? Med Pot in South Dakota. Took, Holy moly! We are the title of this is stoned in South Dakota. It sounds like the, the the ballot measure in South Dakota got stoned. Literally, people threw stones at it. What? Yeah, a, it, it sounds like they took it out into the public square, and lots of people showed up to throw the first stone. They buried uh, it in the ground, and only its head was sticking out, and they just threw big rocks at it. For sure. Listen to this. If you don't think this is a pounding, um, there were two hundred ninety six thousand eight hundred eight votes. Um, 189,000 of them were no. So that's uh, 63.7% said no. That is a resounding loss. Defeat. And I, I got to tell you, out of all the, the, the ballot measures, all the, the races and different things that were going on throughout the whole, whole country, this one probably has me the most stumped. I like, don't know. I would. How did that happen? Well, we reported a couple weeks, like two or three weeks prior to the election, that the enthusiasm was really high, you know, for in support of it. And I just they they're the only state that's ever voted down a, a statewide medical marijuana initiative. Well, twice yeah. now. <laughs> not so, anymore. Not anymore. Now they've done it twice, and they're not the only ones now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if if anyone out there. As any information on what what happened in South Dakota, we would love to know. We'd love to talk to you guys sure. about it if you know. Yeah, it was really restrictive too. It was only like up to six plants and uh, one ounce of cannabis. It was very restrictive. So I don't understand that one, but you know, yeah. Uh, mm. Another one that just uh, took a beating um, was uh, uh, Measure Seventy Four in Oregon. Uh, Measure Seventy Four in Oregon would have allowed a state system to exist that would have. Uh, uh, allowed regulation of dispensaries and the taxation of dispensaries. So dispensaries would have been able to op- open up in Oregon. This is the second time they voted on it, and it took a pounding, 58 to 42%. Only one county in the entire state voted in favor of the measure. Uh, people believe in, and then in Oregon, the Tea Party turnout had a lot to do with this in Oregon specifically, which I could see that. Um, but uh, it got hammered too. Um, so this is the second time they voted down uh, voted down dispensaries in um, in uh, Oregon. Um, uh, you know, I don't I don't really even know. I don't even know where to go with that now. We've talked about this before on the agenda, and uh, I personally am a fan of uh, legal uh, market for marijuana to be sold at retail, so that people can. Uh, have, um, well, one, access when they need on a regular basis, and two, be able to make uh, more educated decisions on the products that they're purchasing and not just rely on their several, you know, dealers, be able to go and look at different products and hear what the reviews have been on different types of strains and uh, extracts and edibles and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm a proponent of uh, dispensaries, and I... um, in in Oregon, they're they're not quite there yet, but apparently there are some illegal dispensaries going up there, and we'll see mm-hmm. now because if they're not going to go ahead and regulate it, you know that people are going to just start opening them up. So uh, they'll deal with their dispensary issue in a different way, a way similar to California has. It sounds like um, so. Right. That's uh, 
Yep, there's uh, another one. Some, uh, another some one. Prominent people, uh, MedPot people in Oregon, have made comments to the effect that uh, they think maybe Measure 74's defeat was a victory for medical marijuana cardholders. Um, they're saying that they believe that the dispensary system would have led to profiteering and higher prices for uh, cannabis sought by the cardhold by uh, med card holders. Uh, yeah, but what, how do they access it right now? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, that's it's. I don't know. Seems wishy washy to me. I mean, uh, I, I you know before I lived up here, if if I could have gone to a dispensary and bought my pot, that would have been so much better than the way I had to do it. And yeah, uh, you know, having selection is huge. We we've found that it's a very boutiquey sort of people are you know people don't want to just go and buy the same strain over and over and over again. They want to have choice, and if you only have one caregiver or whatever, you're not necessarily going to have choice. Or if you do have choice, you basically have um, started an illegal dispensary, and now there's no regulation and there's right. no taxation, and um, it's still all behind closed doors. I don't know. We should talk with these people. Uh, we should talk with people from both sides up in Oregon on this issue mm-hmm. uh, because it's a big issue up there, and they're going to keep on trying to move in that direction in the future. But uh, have we have we heard from anyone in Oregon? I don't believe we have. I don't think so either. It's definitely have to get somebody on the horn there yeah, for sure. If if anyone up there uh, would like to get on the show, please contact us. Mm-hmm. Please do. So what happened to oh my your God. stocks? It was, it was, <laughs> Probably, well, not more upsetting than the elections. But, on uh, Wednesday it happened? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think it was the day after. Have you looked what happened on Tuesday? Uh, no, I haven't actually checked out the graphs. I just, <laughs> they uh, they all took a beating. All those stocks that were up uh, before the election are all down. Down, down, uh, down, yeah. How far down? As a direct result of the election? Almost worthless? Uh, no, they're not almost worthless. Uh, I've lost money on all of them now. Um uh, as little as 8% on one and as much as 40% on one. So they're down. They're down. Yeah, speculation is a big deal in stocks, dude. Elections, yeah. um, when government announces new laws, uh, new, you know, when whenever like unemployment rates come out, like stocks just do, do crazy stuff based off of news, uh, speculation due to news. They and, say they say buy on rumor and sell on the news. Don't don't buy on the news. You sell on the news. So you buy on the rumor, huh? And then you sell on the news. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, that's interesting. Listen to our guy over here. That's stock tips for anyone. Just, just <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay? Yep. You can be an expert, too. <laughs> Buy on rumor, sell on the news. Now we're going to get to some international weedscaping. Looks like, uh, looks like a New Zealand story, right? International. Yeah, I made that up. Do you like that? The international. Like it. It's kind of like the landscape, you know, but it's, it's the, the international weed skate. Yeah, you need to remember <laughs> to put that into the, uh, you need to remember to go put that into the um, the template. Right. Yeah, the weedscape. What's going on with yeah. the weedscape in well, New Zealand? I think, uh, you know, we have some listeners down there in New Zealand. Um, I guess that is that that's considered down under. Anything in the southern hemisphere is kind sure. of down under. It's below, you know? it's um, below, um, below Australia, I believe, right? Um, yeah, well, kind of like right next. Yeah, I think it's like southeast of it. I'm yeah, not sure. Off the east coast, I think. Oh, it is. Yep, yep. Anywho, they uh, they got some good news recently. Um, their medicines regulators have approved a cannabis-based spray known. Um, it's for use by multiple sclerosis patients um, in their country, um, known as Sativex from GW Pharmaceuticals. So that's a good step in the right direction. Um, it says... 
Um, cannabis is a class C drug there and preparation, cannabis preparations are class B drugs, but the medicines act allows the drug to be used with ministerial approval. So it's, uh, the health ministry, I guess, is who's in charge of that stuff back down, um, down in uh, New Zealand. So there's a, a step in the right direction. If you want to read more about the story, you can, uh, get some more details on the site. As usual, um, if you're hearing this, then it's posted and you can get the notes. Oh, yeah. Check out our notes at uh, CannabisAgenda.com. Yeah, that Sativex stuff was originally approved in Britain, right? And is Bayer that making it. Isn't that correct? Um, I believe, well, GW Pharmaceuticals is, I don't know what connection they have with Bayer. But something, if I remember when we originally broke this story months ago, mm-hmm. it had some sort of connection to Bayer, I thought. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It might. It very well might. I'm not sure about that. I hope not because bear scares me. Bears I'm scared of bears. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> bear, bear, bear aspirin, they're the ones that brought you like mustard gas and all those crazy, horrible <laughs> chemicals. Oh, yeah. World War II. Yeah. They, so not they only do they give rid of your headache, headache, but they'll cause a bunch of them as well. Yeah. They'll get rid of your whole face. They will. Um What's yeah, we got some news from Michigan. Michiganites. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they? Is that what know. you call people from Michigan? I don't know. Where are our Michigan, Michigan listeners at? We need to. We need to. We need to romp through Michigan. I'm sure, we could. Mm-hmm. Sure, we could find some love in Michigan. Uh, my name is from uh, that area. My name? Yeah. Matt? No, no. My name. He was on the show last week. Remember? My name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my name. My name. <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, he he is from that area. That's right. He's our he's our one contributor. He's, he talked on the show last week for a second, um, but yeah, uh, we need to we need to romp through Michigan. What's going on up there? Yeah, it's from uh, the Free Press. Um, they, well, they call them Michiganders, Michiganders. I guess you'd call them. But anyway, they uh, they said that the the Michigan activists say that the ele- the election in uh, uh, California would not slow their efforts to expand patient access to the drug and to legalize it for recreational use in Detroit. Um, their Detroit, Michigan's uh, attorney general elect, Bill Shewitt, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He has long been a foe of the Michigan Medical Marijuana Act. Even uh, He even gave uh, activists some hope that he might help their cause. He's uh, he's still said some bad things, but he's he's indicating now that he might be I don't know a little bit more open to listening to what they want to do, and uh, that's a positive thing. And I think that that's probably a positive uh, outcome of all of the new uh, high level of information that's been available throughout this conversation and all these debates and all this stuff that you know leading up to the election. So I think that there's there's positivity in there. We'll keep an eye on what happens out there. What's his name again? Bill Shewitt. It's their AG out there in, Mich- in uh, Michigan. So we'll keep an eye on what happens with that guy and uh, show him out if he, you know, behaves in, a, in an inappropriate manner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's time for a smoke break here in the studio. <laughs> the nice. studio. So T- what's happening? Today is a today is a, a a table session, not a couch lock session. By the way, Studio Four Twenty. Oh, nice. Studio Four Twenty. Wish we had that one. We try our best to get. <laughs> what are we smoking? L.A. Confidential. But I was about to warn you. Does <laughs> it have tobacco? Yeah, in it, it does have tobacco in it. <laughs> Not on the show. <coughs> not on the show. Mm-mm. Not on the show. Here's one that does not. <coughs> L.A. Mm-hmm. 
LA Confidential DNA Genetics. We smoked this on the election show the other night, we but did. didn't talk about it because we got caught up in all the bummer news that we were covering that mm-hmm. night. Major, major bummer. But what, do you, what do you know about LA Confidential? DNA strain. It's got some sort of OG cross in it. It's, it's a it's very, very Kush-like plant. Except um, it's, it flowers a lot faster than the Kush's well, traditionally. Well, it's the same. It's, it's closer to like Bubba. Uh, master Kush, um, uh-huh. plat, uh, 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 any of the the cushy Kush. Like, OG is not really like a Kush. It's more of like a, a sativa, like dominant. Like it takes on that sour diesel growing look, real mm-hmm. lanky, eight inches between every node. You know, like mm-hmm. and then uh, the the LA is more of like the other Kush. Compact, yeah. More compact. Still has decent. Have you ever seen the stocks on those things? Are like celery, big old thick stocks on like, that on the. On the L.A. The L.A., yeah, Lots sure. of stem, uh-huh. man. Lots of stem. But really tight buds. Um, it's got a very, very earthy um, smell to mm-hmm. it. It's not sweet. It's kind of spicy on the borderline. of spicy, earthy, I would say, is uh, the flavor and the smell, wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, and uh, it can go purple, right? I've seen it go purple. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely does. Uh, it doesn't take the nutrients well in the second half of the growth cycle. Uh-huh. It's not a... Um, Type that really wants to be fed, 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 fed. Not too hungry. Not very hungry. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, what do you think? What do you think of the effects of it as far as the smoke goes? You know, uh, you, I, I really like the taste, honestly, um, I, and the smell. I, I just yeah, it's it, you know it for me. So uh, people across the country get into this. If it, you know, a lot of people want their pot to always be sweet. I'm not like that. That's not. I don't want all my my herbs to be sweet. Yeah, I it's like, like you, know, you got to eat some savory food as well as some sweet food. You know, mm-hmm. got to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That you know that that's that's what I feel about this. It's definitely a different flavor. Get um, some spice in your life. I know when I first started not smoking swag as much, my favorite stuff was the fruity stuff. But that's how beer was for me too. I liked fruity beers at first when I got off of like. Uh, just pilsners and crappy Bud Light and shit. I liked actually, like I liked Lost Coast. Their their uh, their their the, the Lost their Pale Ale. That you know, I, I liked the at first liked fruity and then started to move towards other things, more acquired taste. And and I think L.A. kind of falls in that. Although this strain has been very popular throughout California for a while, especially down Southern California. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's about an eight. <laughs> <laughs> awesome it is on leafly.com too uh or it's not leafly.com it's l-e-e-a-f dot l-y um if uh anyone wants to learn more about it check it out here's some la for you bro cheers all right um let's get to the rocky mountain high today colorado <sighs> Moving on, there was a bunch of stuff in Colorado on the ballot there. A lot of areas were voting over dispensaries. Um, Colorado, uh, there's uh, it's kind of an interesting place, the political landscape there, very moderate place. Uh, the pot politics have grown really fast there. The amount of uh, uh, irrationality over marijuana is decreasing there. However, some of, some of the municipalities wanted to get rid of dispensaries, and some of them wanted to to bring them back. Um, so, uh, they had a lot of different measures, um, in California. I mean, I'm sorry, in Colorado, um, regarding medical marijuana, um, in, uh, let's see what we got here in Broomfield, 62% of voters voted against uh, measure C, um, which would have struck down a measure that would have kept, uh, 
um, I'm sorry, it would have banned the sale of marijuana. So they voted against banning the sale of marijuana. Um, In Loveland, they overwhelmingly struck down a measure that would have kept medical marijuana uh, dispensaries operating in the city. Um, So I'm not not sure what that, I guess that means that they're open to them being closed. Um, And... uh, uh, let's see here. Where else we got? Douglas County uh, voters said no to dispensaries in unincorporated areas. So they're voting on all sorts of different stuff. And then a number of smaller towns, Rama, Lone Tree, Castle Pines, and Jamestown, uh, they also have voted against medical marijuana sales. Um, and then there was um, a proposal to ban dispensaries in the unincorporated areas of El Paso County. That failed by less than 1%. Um, and... Uh, in, uh, we had some victories in Alamosa, Castilla, Eagle, Garfield, and Park, um, and it looks like Fraser and Mintum, where um, went, where the votes actually went weeds weeds way. So they didn't go, they didn't ban dispensaries, or they or they voted to protect them in, in those areas as well. Um, obviously, this is a big big thing here. Um, this 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 gentleman, a professor at the University of Denver Sturm College of Law. Uh, he says Colorado will be the next uh, battleground in the national conflict over marijuana legalization. Mm-hmm. Um, his statement, quote, here's what he said. California had its chance. Colorado is the next obvious choice. How do you feel about that? Well, he's not the, he's not the only one that thinks so. Um, a legalized 2012 kickoff event spearheaded by the Cannabis Therapy Institute took play at place a day, the day after Election Day in Boulder, Colorado, where speakers and supporters gathered at the Best Western and launched an Internet money bomb drive to start raising cash. So they are already on it. Uh, what, what was They're, the name of that group? Uh, Legalized 2012. Do they have it? It's all they, like one word. And is that on, um, is that a, is, do they have, did you find any contact information for that group at all? Anyway. Um, I just found out about this group very, very, very recently. Um, let me see. And I just went to their, they do have a website, so we'll make sure we put that up as well. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're doing it to it. There's, uh, there's reason to believe, uh, that this effort might very well succeed there as well i think so um, i think so i don't like just kicking california to the curb <laughs> I, I you know i mean i don't think that's I, i'm not i don't think that's cool uh it's we had our right. chance i don't agree with that we're gonna keep fighting for this in california well, as you well. know mason Tavert, remember yeah uh, from safer mm-hmm. well this is what he had to say um he said california started the race toward legalization but colorado's gonna finish it and it might be true so, and, that, and that's one thing that i kind of was wondering if that's the way it would work i mean because they've changed that they really have stuck with the message over there and gone to the safer message mm-hmm. in Colorado, and they just hammer on that over and over and over and over and over and over again, and that's what they're talking about there, literally, you know, to to the most to some degree. I, I have a feeling that it'll have more success in Colorado. What do you? Th- I mean, just intuitively, and from what I've read over what we've you know covered on this show, I think they're right. I don't think California should just be. Mm-hmm forgotten about though like it can't happen here but I, I i think that there is a real chance that it could work out in, in colorado especially in 2012 um should be an interesting year uh what do you think you think it's going to happen there um i think that it very well might they have a, a pretty uh good team of people so far i mean these are uh these are 
well-known folks um, right now. Safer is joining uh, the Mason Tavert, you know, organization Safer, who also has um, what is it? What do they call that? Women's marijuana movement is a big part that they're they're associated with, and they're linked in with a lot of people all over the place. Um, Normal and and a lot of other big organizations, and they have joined with Sensible Colorado um, to craft a 2012 initiative. So. Leaders in this effort note that despite a major negative campaign against Prop 19, 3.4 million Californians voted in support of the measure, and they're thinking that this this is a positive wave that's going to going to go um, uh, perpetuate be perpetuated into the the near future. So they're banking on getting something in there. I think they're it should be very interesting. I can't wait to hear what they what they come up with. Yeah, we should do our best to to get some get some uh, talk with some people from those organizations and movements in Colorado because uh it would definitely help provide uh perspective on this on this matter mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know i mean that's uh that's something big for for this movement that's where it's going um Colorado is is just i mean Cal- we've been doing this for a long time in California uh and it is yeah. in Colorado there it's so so much in its infancy still, but just growing exponentially in comparison to where it, how it has here, you know. Um, and that's in all areas of it, from the industry itself, from production, retail, um, all that area, to them regulating it, and to the politics starting to swing in the public's favor in that area. I mean, all in all, all the trends just seem to be moving towards Colorado turning marijuana into a normal thing now obviously there's people that are pissed about that in colorado and that's why we have all these you know these initiatives to ban it and whatnot and there's probably i'm sure there's a decent amount of pretty serious staunch political dissent again you know that does not like this the way that this is working out there but it seems to be the trend so um but i guess you just couldn't we just couldn't assume um it'll probably be another coin flip sort of scenario um be really interesting to see what kind of bill they write though and and how it compares to what we just voted on um you know so that is that yeah you know we'll definitely have our uh our ears to the to the ground and we'll uh we'll uh be paying close attention to what they come up with out there in colorado definitely we'll we'll try our best to get more on the get some good interviews from from people in colorado here soon so um What's going on in Arizona? We were that was the last one that we left kind of on the election show. We we uh signed off the end of the night with it being defeated but by a slim margin and knowing that the votes were still being counted. What happened there? Well, that was one of those uh kind of Arizona worked out to be one of those kind of the last second of the game and there's like a full court shot and it looks like it might actually go through the net. <laughs> um to you know, um, it's very unusual for me to use sports metaphors, but it's just the perfect example cuz we were really really hopeful that this was going to happen and you know, it was as if the announcers were going, eh, "It might it, 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 it. oh. The votes are in. And it looks like Prop 203 is, has failed as well. Um, definitely the closest one of all. Um, the state site from Arizona reports 1,540,478 votes uh, being uh, cast and 50.22. So it's, let me see, 78 is 22. So just 44%. Per- 44 tenths of a point 
Jeez. Yeah. So that, it was close. It really was, couldn't get any closer than it that. It got closer but. than we uh than it was when we were signing. I mean it was still at like fifty one forty nine then. But. Yeah, I think there was like 9,000 plus votes in between it uh, at that point. But then it started gaining and they started counting all these other votes that, you know, like the the absentee ones and all those people. And uh, it started gaining some ground and a lot of people were so hopeful. And I thought, oh, my God, it's going to go. It's going to make it. And lo and behold, it didn't. And uh, that's unfortunate, especially for Arizona, because they've uh, they've approved this this type of legislation twice and now they get on that list of the sec they're the second state to uh, to vote down a medical marijuana law so like enjoy that. your enjoy your new company with south dakota <laughs> right <laughs> but you know what um here we go let's discuss this that I, I i'm i'm still kind of thrown on that bill i probably would have voted yes on it but mm-hmm. um you know you said at the beginning of the show you know, maybe it happened for a reason. Maybe these weren't the right ones. What do you think? Maybe so. I mean, you know, the, the one thing that's been consistent throughout in, uh, in all of the media and all of the different type of interviews and the different uh, commentary that people have been making about this is that there, uh, there were, in, in all of these instances, there were a lot of very, very pro-cannabis people that voted, that actually did vote um, against these these things. So maybe that's... Maybe that's just saying that the 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 voter base is there. They just weren't united, uh, you know, behind these particular pieces of legislation, which kind of surprises me because, you know, being such an uphill battle for us. And if we get something significant like that, a statewide initiative, you know, unless it's going to make things worse for people, um, usually we're, we're all we're all pretty much down with, you know, getting that passed. So it kind of I don't know it's it surprised me a little bit that that people were starting to be more picky. Well, this thing, this legislation says this, and this one says that, and we don't like that part. And sometimes they're wrong. I think they were misguided into believing it. It said something more than what it would. Like Prop 19, wiping out the medical cannabis laws in California, which is not true at all. There was actually specific, you know, language that said that that would not happen. You know, and I think some of these uh, some of these things were people had it wrong and they weren't accurate. But in some of them, I think they had the 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 language right and they just chose based on their own opinion of what should happen. That that's not I don't know what that says. I mean, part of me says that that speaks to a a level of division amongst us. But then I think ultimately what I what I land on is is it kind of speaks to the, the confidence that people have that this issue has gotten to the point now that is is mostly in favor. I mean, they just did a new big poll, a Gallup poll. It was 46% uh, nationwide that were, were for legalization of cannabis. That's the biggest I believe it's ever been as well. You know, that's right. a big, that's a big thing. I mean, I think maybe that's a possibility. You know, I like to believe that that would, that's a pot, that's a more positive, <laughs> you know, outlook to think that. But I think that, you know, literally from an objective standpoint, that might be part of it. People are aware that now these laws have the, the, the very realistic potential of getting passed by majorities and they just want to make sure that it's the right one once they get it in there. I have uh-huh. a I have a question after after having this 2010 loss and being such a mm-hmm. tough midterm election. Do you think mm-hmm. maybe now the that the, the movement should be more should consider being more patient? And I mean, obviously, these mm-hmm. things are more success. Uh, these measures are more successful in presidential years, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that's that tends to be the tr- the uh, case. I guess significantly much more uh, successful. I mean, ballots in in general, the vote the voters come out um, in much greater numbers in the presidential years. And for marijuana, we obviously need the because uh, what I'm thinking here is in Arizona, probably the, there's probably two big things: the Tea Party turnout, and then the mm-hmm. uh, fact that that uh, the youth vote doesn't show up. If that was different, if this was a presidential year, I would guess this ballot initiative passes. So, I mean. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe it needs uh, some slight tweaking and reintroduction in 2012. Uh, I would guess that's where it's going. I guess that's what, uh, what's, so you already talked about uh, Pat Quinn, right? Here. Yeah, the governor is Pat Quinn, and ninety-five percent of the state goes, "Oh," <laughs> and Cook County goes, "Yay!" Right. <laughs> you know, the pro the pro cannabis people are going, Whew. and if you're in education or anything like that, then you're probably lucky that the other guy didn't win because he wasn't uh, he wasn't all down with that. But you know, an interesting note: he's not down with on, education. Yeah, huh? he's not down with education. <laughs> spending for education, he's not down with. Uh, the uh, medical cannabis. He's not down with a lot of things that normal people are down for. So, uh, yeah, it would have been painful, you know, to have him. And that's one thing I can, I can safely, I feel confident saying, and I think for a lot of the normal people, which is most of the state, you know, most of any state for that matter, that, uh, Illinois, um, citizens would have had a rough time, <laughs> you know, whether yeah. or not he was doing the right thing, yeah, oof, man. Uh, so I'm glad that that's not the case, but, uh, there's one interesting thing before we go on. I want to mention if you Google Pat Quinn or you just Google Quinn, it's Q U I N N Quinn and Glee, you know, that show, that TV show Glee, I'm not really familiar with the show, but somebody at in our, on my campus told me, have you seen that that uh, commercial? And they said they thought it was the best campaign commercial nationally that they saw. They said they thought that was the best campaign commercial um, of the of this season, of this election season, which is a pretty big thing to say. And these are some politically uh, aligned individuals that were involved in the poli-sci department. And so I, I, I took a look at it, and man, it is. I think I agree. That's That's one of the best campaign videos I've seen. And it shows the opposition just looking completely idiotic. So whoever made that, maybe we should talk to them and get them involved in making some uh, – some commercials for our next legislative push because uh, it's good. But uh, yeah, take a look at that if you can. It, it, it'll definitely uh, be worth a grin. Cool. Maybe uh, brighten your day up a bit. Uh, we got this from the research bin today. Um, I reported uh, before, or I, I stated before, earlier in the show, that I don't know how much uh, necessarily hardcore objective research was involved here. I mean, they, they, uh, they, they took a, a huge survey of people. And uh, the, the, the significance of the report, actually, I should preface this with the fact that this happened in Brit, Brit, uh, Britain, um, in England, jolly old England. Um, and what they did was they, they took uh, uh, an inventory of what people felt were the most dangerous drugs. And what they're attempting to do was argue to reorder the British government's current drug classification scheme, which we would know uh, in our comparison as the, the scheduling uh, scheme of like, you know, cannabis being in schedule one. Well, that's not quite as harsh there, but it's, it's, it's pretty bad and uh, it's hurting. It's hurting a lot of people that's just got worse. And uh, one of the main researchers in this uh, study, he said that uh, his name is nut. What the heck is his name here? I gotta find this guy somewhere. Anyway, he said that uh, David Nutt is his name. 
he he was recently uh got fired by the British government. He wasn't part of their, uh, the officials that, that bring about their classification system. And he said, he made some comments, you know, that alcohol was much more dangerous and that they're, they're kind of in a general sense, he's telling them they're doing they they got it wrong and they let him go. They showed him the door. So he was involved with these research studies to try to get some objective evidence and show people, look, this is what's going on. And they tested all these drugs, and it's very interesting. You could uh, definitely uh, go to this story, and I believe if, if they published this in the Lancet, that's like a, it's supposed to be prestigious. It sounds like sophisticated <laughs> to me, but uh, it's a it's a well respected uh, medical journal from the from Britain, nonetheless. And they their findings really kind of confirmed what Mason Tavert's trying to tell everybody that alcohol is by far uh, more dangerous than pretty much anything else out there right now. Um, overall, alcohol scored, it's like on a 100 scale, um, alcohol scored 72 uh, against 55 for heroin and 54 for crack. So, so they, they, and they used uh, the, the criteria for, for rating all these substances. You'll just have to read the story and get a better, better look at that because it gets kind of complicated on all the different facts and different parts of it. But, but alcohol was 72, much farther down the scale was crystal meth, 33, cocaine, 27, tobacco, 26, speed and amphetamine, 23, and cannabis was only scored a 20. So um, it, I think it's worth checking this story out. I found it to be pretty interesting because, uh, you know, their former prime minister, Tony Blair, said that he frequently resorted to alcohol as a drug, you know, which brought booze right into the mainstream of this debate. And uh, the the new prime minister, David Cameron, indicated that he would support minimum pricing on alcohol and and back local governments that want to ban shops and bars from sell, selling excessively cheap alcohol drinks. So there's some interesting stuff going on over there where I guess uh, their bars have to pay like a, I don't know what they call that, a, a law and order fee, I think is what they call it, in order to help defray the cost. It's any bar and pub in Britain that stays open after 11 p.m. in the U.K., in the, in the whole of the UK, mm-hmm. um, have to pay a law and order. That's what they call it, quote unquote, a law and order fee in order to help defray the cost local police will face in tackling antisocial behavior and alcohol-related violence. So they already have to pay kind of a tax if they serve booze after 11 because the cops know for sure that it's going to be a, a potential disaster trying to right. you know fight down all the people that spin out of control and all the other nonsensical you know behavior that that ensues after too much booze so yeah this is interesting stuff i think it could uh ultimately down the road have uh have some bearing on you know this this discussion and by all means you know britain's important you know in this in the worldwide discussion for sure so we'll keep uh keep an eye on what goes on in in jolly old well i guess it's not just england it's it's the uk in general so a lot of folks over there hoping that things change a lot faster than they are. I think that's probably right. It's crazy to see alcohol more uh, even higher than like heroin and stuff, though. But I guess more people are, have alcohol yeah. issues, and that's the issue there, right? I mean, it affects right. more Part people. of the criteria was just what, how it affects society, you know, overall. And, and, you know, some of the various criteria, just heroin's just not that prevalent. I mean, you know, there's probably far too big of a problem with heroin, but, but yeah, in, in comparison, it's, it's minuscule compared to how many people use alcohol. 
And marijuana was the most safe of all of those substances. Oh, yeah, by, by check, a significant margin. Check it. Yep. Check out that story. I was just looking at it. I'm going to totally read that thing. I uh, I think that, that, that looks very interesting. Um, sure. Dudes, here we are. End of the show. Yeah. Here wow, we it are. just came out of nowhere. Daisy. It did. Bam. It did. Uh, yeah, I don't have, I think this is probably a little shorter. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, maybe around two hours, maybe a little over. Maybe a little Maybe over. that's why it came out of nowhere. I was expecting it would be rolling on for a little Man, while. Man, these things were massive, but there's lots of news to talk about for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens to the time for the agenda because uh, it's going to be dependent on the news and. We're going to have to dig it. So, hey, if you guys are out there uh, listening, check out our website, um, CannabisAgenda.com. Um, and also, um, if you if you have stories locally that you know are going to be hard for us to scoop, and you just mm-hmm. send them to us because we'll cover it. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love that. Yes. Our, our email is info at CannabisAgenda.com. Uh, we appreciate all leads, um, all reviews, all feedback, mm-hmm. all questions. And international listeners, please, international listeners, give us a, give us a jingle, you know. Send us an email. Yeah, do it, and or or call seven zero seven six five four can, which is two two six six. Yeah, we we you know we we really appreciate all the participation. You guys have uh, put a lot mm-hmm. of effort into this, and um, uh, you know I hope that um, the morale is still high right now. I know this is a pain, pretty painful election for a lot of people, um, but uh, we're moving forward, um, and uh, hopefully we can continue to to work together as a community. Um, mm-hmm. If, uh, if you're listening to us um, on our website, um, you can uh, also just uh, go on over to iTunes and um, you, can, you can search cannabis or uh, marijuana and you should find us in the podcast um, or, or just search Cannabis Agenda. It's not the though, is it? Is it duck? It's just cannabis agenda when you search it on uh, iTunes. iTunes, you yeah. can actually use either now. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And um, so you can search either the cannabis agenda or cannabis agenda, um, and you'll find it there. Subscribe, then it'll automatically uh, be available for you when we get it online. And um, it's a good way to listen to podcasts. Um, also, please rate us. Please review us on iTunes. And if you can, use, mm. use the word marijuana in the review. Um, we're trying to jump up on the list uh on itunes search um and that uh was kind of difficult difficult for us at first because we named our show after cannabis not marijuana so um please do that also uh check us out on twitter and uh you can like us on facebook um please uh tell your friends on facebook about us too that'd be really really awesome we do have a clip for the end of the show. What do we got? Um, it's been one that's been uh, kind of hovering on our, in our list for a while. We probably should have played it before the election, but it's still kind of relevant. Uh, legal, uh, legalizing, it's from CNN, legalizing marijuana will be a bigger blow to drug cartels than law enforcement could ever be. Cool. So we'll be rolling that. So check that. Um, well, nice. until next time, peace and pot. It's a wrap. See you next week.
Seven minutes past the hour now. The debates going on right now in California over Prop 19 about legalizing marijuana for recreational use. We've got leading spokespeople right now for both sides of this issue. Want to bring in Roger Salazar. He's a spokesman for the group uh, spearheading the fight against Prop 19. And then on the other side, Dale Sky Jones joins us. She's in favor of the proposal. They joined me both this morning. Thank you guys both for being here. Uh, Ms. Jones, let me start with you. Is the argument uh, for legalizing marijuana for recreational use, is it primarily uh, for you an economic argument? Well, frankly, current policy has failed across the board, and we have an opportunity to have safer communities if we simply choose to control, tax, and regulate cannabis for adult use. This will also allow us to finally regulate medical effectively, which we have not yet been able to do here in California, as far as the interpretation of whether or not storefront sales are legal. So this will also help protect medical patients that are still, in fact, going to jail. And it's about jobs. Well, Ms. Jones, how does, you said that it make the communities safer. How does it do so, in your estimation? Cannabis is currently more accessible to our children than alcohol, than any other drug on the street. And we've put full control in the hands of our criminals. We need to take it out of the hands of criminals, take away their profit margins, which are estimated at over 60% due to illegal marijuana sales. We need to take that out of the hands of criminals and put it into the hands of our cities and counties and even our state legislature to regulate, control, and tax. Make sure that we're not selling it to children under 21. So also, we're banning smoking in front of kids and smoking in public. Okay, are we shifting uh, that profit margin you speak, speak of, we're shifting it from the criminals, like you say, are we shifting it then um, to other folks, to the legal uh, people who have a license to sell it, and also to the government, and I guess what keeps a kid who is 17, 18, I know it's supposed to be only 21 that you can smoke, but getting a 21-year-old, an adult, to go buy it for you legally, that sounds like pretty easy access for a kid as well. Well, frankly, it's easier now, right? You know, what you're suggesting is similar to alcohol, mm. where, you know, frankly, you have to go in and convince an adult, as you said, but right now you just walk around to the back of that 7-Eleven or convenience store, and you'll find four people that are willing to sell it to you, not ID you, and then turn around and offer you more drugs. Much of this gateway theory that has been completely debunked by the Institute of Medicine, the World Health Organization, the Schaefer Commission, and the American Medical Association, uh, the gateway theory is a theory of politics, not science. The real gateway is, is that these dealers are offering our kids more drugs when they're behind that convenience store. Well, Roger, let me bring you in here. It sounds like, hey, what's wrong with that? It sounds like you would put drug dealers out of business. Well, look, you know, the, the concern that we have is that uh, all of the things that, that uh, Dale just talked about, uh, you know, that uh, uh, controlling taxing and regulating marijuana, those things, you know, uh, unfortunately, this initiative doesn't do those things. It leaves, a, you know, it, it leaves it up to a patchwork of, of 536 different local jurisdictions to come up with their own sort of systems for how they're going to deal with this, th these things. I mean, last, a couple of weeks ago, the Board of Equalization in California uh, did an analysis of how much revenue could be generated uh, from, uh, from Proposition 19, and they said they can't figure it out because there isn't a, 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 a statewide system. Unlike alcohol, uh, you know, th this is, you know, this would be different than alcohol because the, you, you wouldn't have a statewide regulatory body controlling the entire system. And in fact, it'll make it a lot easier for folks to get access to it. Look, uh, you know, if, if this drug is, a, the, one of the things that, that the RAND uh, study uh, showed us was that, you know, the only thing that's certain about the, uh, Proposition 19 is that, is that drug use is going to go up. I mean, if you make it legal and more accessible to people, there's, it, it's, a, you know, it's it just all but guaranteeing that, you, that youth drug use is going to go up 
up. Well, Roger, uh, and, that, and that's not something anybody wants. Well, Roger, I want to ask, you laid out an argument for how, uh, I mean, how are we going to get this together, uh, for, uh, get a system in place, a regulatory system in place, and your concerns there. Right. Are you concerned that what we've been told our whole lives, don't smoke weed? It's now going to be okay. California is telling everybody well, it's it, okay and it's legal to smoke weed. Do you have a problem with that? Yeah, there is a, there is a strong, very strong concern about that. Again, the, the Rand analysis said that uh, you know that usage would uh, would you know would double, would go back to 1970s levels, uh, and that's something I think that uh, you know let, let's let's not kid ourselves. That's something that the proponents of Proposition 19 want. Uh, you know, these are folks with with you know big uh, big uh, marijuana operations here in California. Uh, that you know the, the 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 you know the the push the person who pushed this initiative, Miss Jones's employer, you know put a million and a half dollars of his own money uh, to try and push for this thing because he's going to generate a tremendous profits from this thing. So let's make no mistake about it. They want use to go up. They want usage. Uh, you know, they, they believe that this is a benign uh, drug. They, they think that you should be able to use it just like caffeine and, and coffee, you know, to, uh, smoke a little to take the edge off. They're not interested in the traffic safety concerns that we have, the public safety concerns that we have, or the revenue concerns that we have that, well, that Jones, uh, this thing won't be able to generate the revenue that it, that it claims that it will. Ms. Jones, I have to let you respond. He did make a direct accusation there that, uh, that your, uh, your employer, as he said, and others on your side have uh, a financial stake in this. Indeed, it's unfortunate that we continue on with the disingenuous remarks, not only about my employer, who does not have any personal stake. In fact, it's really up to the cities and counties to opt in to regulation of medical or adult or, in fact, finally, the hemp market, which is a non-psychoactive version of the plant that will finally offer food, fiber, and clothing. Mr. Lee has no direct uh, involvement, and it's unfortunate that we, we turn to personal slander. The truth of the matter is... At the end of the day, we are following the same path as what we followed to dismantle alcohol prohibition, which was county by county opt-in. And we have that same opportunity. Cities and counties operate on a patchwork throughout this country. In fact, California oh, works with concealed weapons permits in the same way. So the scare tactics on county by county don't concern me because the locals know what's most important to their community. We're looking at over 300 million in savings from law enforcement alone, and we're estimating 1.4 billion in taxes, and Mr. Salazar will but say that that's not to do with our initiative. However, Tom Amiano's already got it on the table. He's an assemblyman in California to it's control cannabis bill, through to the ABC. Hey, go ahead and respond it's to Mr. Salazar, because I know there are some concerns there. We, we have this bill, if it's passed, uh, or Prop 19, if it's passed, you still leave it up to the legislature to figure out how to work all this yeah, stuff got, out. Again, it's a it's a backward system because it's here's what's going to happen. Again, 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 the, the you know the, the the you know the states. sorry, the counties and the and the cities would have to, to to opt in as she said as she mentioned. They'd have to, to, to figure out whether or not they want to regulate the sales of marijuana. Uh, they have to figure out how they're going to, to set up a taxation system after marijuana has already been legalized. The one things the things that will be legal, whether the cities opt in or not, uh, you know, and where regardless of where you live, you'll still be able to use marijuana. You'll still be able to, to possess it. You'll still be able to transport it you yeah. still be able to grow it and you well, still and, and I do all those things without paying taxes on them and without and again without having to, to have any sort of control over those things and then the cities can come in and regulate those things but again it's a backwards way it's a backwards approach and I don't well, think it's one California Miss Jones in. I want to ask you this just as simple as, as possible here what are we saying to our kids in this country if we have been telling them I mean since I was a kid since all of us were kids to stay away from drugs we've been told that marijuana is a drug and now we're going to say to them, it's legal and it's okay. 
to smoke marijuana. What are we sending as a message to young folks? Well, we're actually finally being honest with our young, young folks and, and getting our integrity back by explaining the true dangers of cannabis and also the fact that you need to wait till you're 21, just like other regulated items. Do you see them you know, as the dangers of cannabis, Ms. Jones? Do you see there being Indeed. dangers of marijuana? Yes, there are. Okay. The, the, the dangers, frankly, oh. in cannabis is safer than alcohol. I want to make sure that we understand that cannabis cannot kill you. So giving adults a safer choice is a good thing. But at the end of the day, children should not be using it, and it's important to control it away from children. By voting yes on Prop 19, the voters of California have an opportunity to strike a larger blow at the criminal cartels than any law enforcement effort ever could. And it's carefully crafted, so I suggest that people read it to see how it interacts with other laws, well, protects would, drug I, I, driving, I would, I would, make sure cops have the right. Go, go ahead and wrap it up for me, Mr. Salazar. Yeah, I would say, I would say I would, I, the one thing that, uh, that Ms. Jones and I agree with is that people should read this initiative, and I think that once they look at it, they'll see that, that you know, that one of the things that, these, that this initiative does is it puts into place, you know, special protections, basically a civil right for marijuana users that prevent employers, especially those who are involved in transportation issues from, from uh, drug testing em uh, employees before they get of, of vehicles and before they, uh, you know, they, they come onto the job. It's one of the reasons that the Chamber of Commerce and, this, and the, the school administrators, cops and sheriffs, uh, you know, all around the state are opposed to it. All right, guys, I'll, I'll, I should have booked you guys for the half hour because there's so much more I want to ask you guys. <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you both, uh, Mr. Jones, Mr. Salazar. Hey, on again, TJ. This debate. You know what? I actually <laughs> might do that, guys. I hope you wouldn't be opposed to it because there's so much more, including about driving. Uh, people have concerns about that, about uh, being driving under the influence of marijuana. That was a big issue as well I wanted to get into, uh, guys. But thank you so much, uh, and we will be in touch. Thanks so much this morning, all right? No problem. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great morning. All right. And again, we're talking about the idea as well of a possible major cash crop, uh, some are saying. Well, it's going to be taking a look now at the potential economic impact when we come back. Stay here with us. 17 minutes past the hour.